See, McLeish, told you it wasn't a fucking dream. podcast is not safe for work and will feature movie spoilers. It will feature scenes described of a graphic nature. It will contain language which most listeners may find offensive. Welcome to the podcast Under the Stairs. everyone and welcome to the podcast under the stairs this is your second bazoween episode of 2022 i'm your host duncan mcleish welcome to the motherfucking show yeah we're on episode number two i know what you're thinking duncan this is mere days after episode number one and what i'm saying to you is you're clearly a new listener because this is how we do it as we do it the same every fucking year that first episode drops on the first and then whenever the monday is this is what you're getting, which is going to make things difficult when that first is a Monday, but we'll cross that bridge when we come to it a few years from now. The most important thing is, though, we have some business to do. As the kids on the street call it, bee snatch. We've got some bee snatch to do up in the hizzle, as aging everything horribly. I think I made a reference. I'm going to get them in here to chat about this in a second, but I made a reference on the episode that dropped today, this day of recording, about LimeWire. And I suddenly realised that's about fucking, like, people that know what LimeWire was are now my age and older, and anyone that was born the year LimeWire became a thing to talk about can now, like, legally drink in America. So, yeah, we're all getting old. But we have two movies here, one old and one new for the Baz to deal with on this episode. Continuing our run of pairing folk horror movies from around the globe and the Phantasm series which we all know from the previous episode The Baz Loves we're going to get into it with November from 2017 and Phantasm from 1988 that's the second instalment of the Phantasm franchise the man that will be discussing it is he would name the show after him he's fucking awesome I love chatting to him hopefully he won't break my heart and we won't get as a uh, as argumentative as we did in the previous episode, there is a reason we've left about a month between these recordings, and it's not because we fell out. He is the man. He is the myth. He's a motherfucking legend. He is, of course, the Baz. Holla back, sexy babushkas. <laughs> I know that's Russian. 
<laughs> and this is a stone in, but it's as near as you're going to get. I think in the time frame that this movie supposedly set, I, I'm fairly sure they were occupied, so... By Germany, apparently, though, and they're not big fans of them. No, 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 no. That's weird, that is. Nobody, nobody was back in the day. They were forever invading places. Honestly. <laughs> but instead of going down that road and discussing things that might get us in trouble, Baz, how are you doing? I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. Um, things are hella stressful at yeah. the moment. Um, and my, my Bazoween stuff is a little oasis of calm. Um, it, actually, it's not. It's not <laughs> at all. It, it's literally grabbing 15 minutes here, there, and everywhere to watch these films. It doesn't help when I pick a, a oh. two-plus hour black and white Estonian, Estonian film. Yeah. I get the feeling yeah. that maybe ground the, the progress we made after episode number one. Yeah, that, that was a surprise. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, so no, so we're there, um, and as I was mentioning at the off air there, I've actually made a creeping start into the films for week three. In fairness, this isn't bad. I mean, we're not this even is... halfway through September. And this and is episode number two, in. and it will be fully in the bag. So that for us, that's pretty good going. I think we will have. I'm going to make bold statements here. I think the third episode will be recorded before the end of this month, and we will be tiptoeing in October with only two episodes left to record. I actually think with, we're scarily prepared. With gay abandon, we'll be tiptoeing <laughs> tip through the tulips, as it were. Uh, oh. Whatever fucking god-awful fungi they grow in Estonia. I don't know. Do you know what I mean? I don't, I don't know. There's a lot to discuss. I can see it in it's your a face. barren landscape, Duncan. <laughs> a barren, barren landscape. <laughs> We've got the two movies up here to continue our jaunt. This year we've been uh, pairing up the Phantasm franchise, which, like I said before, in the previous episode, things got a little bit heated. Um, maybe not as heated as I think we did when we were at the coalface. I think we thought it was maybe a bit more contentious than it actually was but listening back to that that episode for the the editing of the audio that i've done um well i, I think we're i think we're agreeing to disagree as what as what i would say absolutely absolutely um but i stand by it phantasm's not a good movie do you know weirdly though um i've been i've been listening to some of my the podcast on the left recently i've kind of yep. gone back I've kind of gone through their catalogue and listened to the stuff that really popped out at me and yep. I'm kind of going back now to the early shows and just working through everything I've not listened to kind of currently. Um, and so I'm, I'm way back in the day when they were doing kind of single episode type things rather yeah, than yeah. big long runs of shows. Um, and Phantasm got mentioned like three episodes on the trot yeah. for varying reasons. I think one, I think they actually did an episode for Halloween where the three of them gave like their top six Halloween or movies for Halloween. Yes, yes, Halloween yeah, 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 I know that one, yeah. Halloween. And um, I think it was Ben Kissel put in Phantasm and, and they were all raving about it and I'm just sitting shaking my head ruefully at my fucking iPhone. I, I, it, just makes me, it just makes me wonder, like, like, there's every now and again, like, like I said before, every now and again we do an episode and... Like you, like you're like I'm calling it Duncan, and I'm like it's never yeah. gonna happen, Baz. And then it makes the airwaves, and a, like the, a section of the internet becomes like Team Baz. I honestly think like I will be 
fucking shocked. And I'm, I'm saying this now, I'll be shocked if there is a swath of people that come to your defence. I think, I think... I, I don't disagree with you, by the way. I, I think I'm going to be the only... I think <laughs> I am the only person who thinks this is a bad movie. And the worst bit is, having now watched the second one, I'm going like that, I was completely right in what I said about that. First. I'm even more... And this isn't giving me... I'm not saying I didn't like the second yeah. movie, but I, I, I've been thinking about it. Yeah. And nothing has changed in my mind. I, I stand by every single word I said about it, but... I am becoming increasingly concerned that I am the only person in the horror movie yeah. community that doesn't like that movie. It might be. It might be. We all have those. Well, we, we all have those. For some reason, I'm I'm one of a very small crowd of people out there that dislike The Conjuring. I just think it's yeah. a very, very, very beige movie. And everyone's like, no, no, no. It's James Wan's magnum opus. And I'm like, <laughs> it's James Wan's... I've seen a lot of movies with ghosts and exorcisms. Let's put it into a movie. That's what it is. Um, but I'm not going to reopen that old wound. Uh, yeah, we're, we're pairing up Phantasm 2 with November. One of my picks for our yeah. trip around the globe doing uh, folk horror movies. And I had loads. Like, to be honest, I, we were actually fucking spoiled when it came to Europe because this is the old country. This is where all this... Yeah. Grimm's fairy tales. This is where it all comes from. Yeah. And the reason I chose November... And we'll get into it more when we get to our review. But the reason I chose it is it's a, a 100% a Duncan movie. Like, uh-huh. could oh, be, Couldn't be any more a Duncan movie if, if it tried. I remember sitting, watching it for the first time the, the year it came out because it was in contention for, for my, my, my end of year list. And just kind of sitting going like that. Like, I, like it, it blows my mind that cinema like this is still getting made in a time period in an industry which is all but trying to squash out any creativity mm. in favour of sequels or, you know, remakes or familiar territory mm. or all that Reboots shit. Reboots and yeah. fucking... Oh. Uh, yeah, What's the other thing? What is it when you merge a remake and a reboot? Uh, so we have requels now, which are really cool. Requels? Yeah. That's a reboot. Uh-huh. So that was uh, what Candyman yeah. was last year. That was oh, a requel. Damn it. I was like, no, 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 it's a movie. And they're like, no, 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 it's a requel. And I'm like, well, yeah. it isn't really a requel because it is set after. So it's technically a sequel. No, 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 no. It's a reimagining in a sequel. So it's a requel. Uh, and I'm like, all right, um, it's a movie. That's what it is. Uh, <laughs> like, I, I, will, I will say that this uh, November is the, is the folkiest of folk film movies right in a folk That we've seen so far. Mean? That we've seen so far. Well, that's true. Yeah, 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 <laughs> that's like, true. You like you you've you've started watching Blood and Satan's Claw. It gets pretty folky, um, and there's at least there's at least one movie in there that we have not seen. Neither one of us uh, loves the, oh, the yeah. evil. So, and I don't know what that's like at all. I know what the Wailing's like, and the Wailing's is a modern movie, but it's just kind of folklorish tale you know, happening in modern times. Nah. So we mm. we are going to get to it all. I'm super curious. I I. I I have kind of called that I think that you will have liked Phantasm 2. Um, I am tolerant of Phantasm 2, which I know upsets you. That's my one. Upsets the internet. Then it's not yeah. really, really, really good. This is them doing Evil Dead 2. And I'm like, yeah, but I have Evil Dead 2. So, uh-huh. uh, like that, it was a year before. Um, so, it, we'll, get, we'll get to Baz. But more importantly, I, the, the kids out there don't know, but we, we did take in a movie at the cinema. We may have taken in two since the last recording. At least one. At least one that I'm aware of. Uh-huh. I sat down and took in together. And that was another 
prequel. <laughs> and that was uh, Orphan First Kill. Now, sorry. So, and, oh, I see your face. Uh, it gave oh. me, I'd like, I, the more I've thought about that movie, the more I'm now on the side of, I like, it's top 20 for me for this year. <laughs> I genuinely think it's fucking great. I think it is a big campy ball of nonsense and I kind of love it for that. I just want to know why you in the middle of the cinema became Duncan by saying, oh, fuck off, like that, right in the, middle of, this, right in the middle of the movie and I was over the moon. I was like, he's finally, finally the student has surpassed the master because <laughs> you said it louder than I would. Um, I'm usually a bit more like, fuck off. But you were like, yeah. full on, oh, fuck off. I, I can't remember exactly what the moment was that triggered it, but it, it was when it really kind of jumps the shot. It might have been <laughs> when the... <laughs> The stepmother, sorry, so I don't care about spoiling this film, I loathe this film. When the stepmother comes in and basically shoots the person that Orphan's trying to kill. Yeah. And then there's this whole twist thing, oh, like slap bang in the middle of the Best twist ever. Film. Best yeah, twist and ever. I know, and do you know, when I heard you talk about it after, I do get where you are coming from yeah. and I do see why you can of liked what they did yeah, yeah. Um, it's I not it's, oh, I want to stress know. it's not a good movie right it's no. it, like it, it's tonally all over the fucking place it's filmed not not great and it doesn't hold together at all however yeah. it is a fucking like it is an entertainment joyride from start to finish like you see the bit where she's like you've got like the the wicked stepmother like literally the wicked stepmother yeah. leading down to the orphan girl like that I'm gonna go and fuck my husband and I'm like yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what are we fucking doing here movie I kind of love everything I'm hearing but yeah you 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 did take yeah I, I don't know if I'm just I don't know if it was a bad night or I've just seen a lot of dross recently and just and I don't know what I was expecting from the orphan two or whatever they're yeah. going to call it because um, I wasn't a huge I I have orphan on Blu-ray yeah the original one and it's fine it, it's, it's a it's fine all movie right. yeah, it's a and fine the, movie the first time you see it the twist's kind of cool and interesting yeah it's a bit new at least in some yeah. original. And this one, it just gave me nothing, and I got so annoyed with it. Yeah, I, 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 that would be that would be bordering on a zero stars. For yeah, this you, movie, you I were think, so, if we were actually, yeah, you were so angry. I've, I like, I have never, I like, and we've watched a lot of movies together. I have yeah. never seen you so visible. Now I'm, I'm throwing the lighthouse in there. A lighthouse, a movie I loved. You came out and you were like, oh, that was dog shit. But at no point in the cinema were you visibly calling it dog shit while it was played. No, well, I mean, I was asleep, though. So. <laughs> this explains why you didn't like the movie. You were asleep, Baz. One day we'll watch it together. Um, but yeah, I was just like, it, it, made, it, made, me, it made me smile. It made yeah. me smile quite a bit. Um, I am quite excited, though, because we have booked... Yes, tomorrow. Uh, we've not seen it yet, but tomorrow night we're going to see well, bodies, bodies. You bodies. guys haven't seen it yet. I yeah, have but seen it. you have seen. You were able to go to the yeah. the pre-screening, yeah. which unfortunately I think both me and Big Sexy David things on that night and couldn't yes. go. Mm-hmm. And I know you liked it, and I've now seen the trailer umpteen times when I've gone to the yeah. cinema myself. 
Um, and I am I'm genuinely looking forward I to can't it. I think it looks great. I said to Dave, um, who's our, our cinema buddy, Big Sexy Sex Bomb Dave, um, I was saying to him at the weekend when uh, we, were out, we were out interviewing bands and stuff, and I said to him, uh, I was like, you're either going to love it or you're going to hate it. A movie that, uh, like, there is no middle ground on bodies, bodies, bodies. And I can't, I get, like, see if someone tells me they hate that fucking movie, I would not argue with them. But mm -hmm. to me, the movie was kind of, it, it was kind of fucking awesome. And then the ending, which I can't go into details, but it has a, an ending which I think genuinely will upset a lot of people. But see if you, see if you like it, it just makes the movie so much fucking better. I I'd like. Mm -hmm. I, I was just like the balls of that ending. You don't get many movies that give you an ending which will either com it just is designed to split an audience like straight yeah, away. Yeah. Um, and I like directors that do that because that's a gamble because that's not yeah, what totally. that's not what Hollywood tells you to do. Once again, Hollywood tells you to make the ending that pleases them, pleases yeah, the majority. Yeah, to be honest, I think we could do a bit more of it. I think that's why half the reason I was so annoyed with the Austin yeah. movie. I just. Give me What's, something a bit different. Yeah. I mean, like, actually, I, I was down in London there um, last month or the months before. Um, we were down at a family wedding on my wife's side of the family. Mm -hmm. And um, one of our cousins uh, was over from the... Well, all of our cousins were over from the States, but Will, a boy cousin from over there, I hadn't seen Will since he was at school kind of thing. And he's, like, graduated from uni now and he's got a job and everything, you know. And anyway, me and him were catching up and then um, he was over we talking about horror films and he did, he did the whole what's your favourite horror oh. film thing. My oh well well <laughs> We were getting on so well. <laughs> but um But we were chatting I, I can I went and all that I said, oh, you know, different things get different people and all yeah. that. I said, but you know and, and I was it's that way, but somebody could have put you in the spot, I couldn't think of one movie at all, yeah. I was telling them about Poughkeepsie tapes, that's always my go-to. But I was like, I tell you what though, a film that's out fairly recently that I really liked with men. Yes. And I kind of gave him the premise. And I think at the moment, I don't know what it is, it's maybe just where I am mentally when it comes to movies. I am, I do want to be left a bit bewildered. I actually, I'm okay even feeling like I don't even know how I feel about that film. Yes. I'd kind of rather that than go like that. Oh, this is just. It's yeah, but is this is you, you've you've you you know what, Baz? You're you're full. If you were a Pokemon, you have fully evolved. This is the inevitable oh. end of every single horror fan. As you get to that point where you've kind of been there. You've kind of done it, and really, what you're looking for is the thing that surprises you. Um, yeah, ah, yeah. I, I doubt very much there's an awful lot going to still scare me yeah. these days. Yeah, do you yeah. know what I mean? Um, and, and we realised that years ago with the Baz V Horror stuff. We yeah, we, we started running. At, yeah, we, we should have. We should have started gentler, and then we might have got another year out of it. But by <laughs> kind of throwing you in the wreck. <laughs> It uh, was probably yeah. not the smartest move. Um, make for, yeah, make for so, I, mean, I just yeah, just something a bit different, uh, you know. And you know, you always throw up the lighthouse. Yeah, I, I would happily go and see a film like that. Yeah, I might not like it. Yeah, but at least I've got no idea what I'm going into. Yeah, and you know, I mean, um, and there's there have been ones like Men and stuff like that yeah. that have come out, and I did really 
don't, so all, don't. All, all the movies from A24 is what you're basically yeah. saying. <laughs> yeah, I do. Yeah, I make no bones about it. I do like those films. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Um, even non-horror stuff, you know, um, mid-90s and movies like that, yeah. and Licorice Pizza, just something a bit fucking different. And, yeah. I like, like we spoke about know, this before, I quite like movies that, like, if I'm not watching horror movies, or even to an extent when I'm watching horror movies, I like movies that are like a snapshot in time. Yeah, you know I mean? like not necessarily uh, like your standard start middle end, you know, like oh a killer's out there and it's struck uh, for the first time and by the end of the movie we've unmasked the killer and you know like that that's got its time and its place for sure and it's a formula that's but at times is really cool to sit down and watch because you can switch your brain off. Um, but I do like movies that just like you you experience something. I, I, it's more experience cinema than it is anything else, and I think A twenty four are almost masters of that in a lot mm. of respects like if you if you sit down and you think about a movie like uh, like Midsommar for example it does follow the beats of a traditional movie and that you know we're going to a place something's going to happen how's a character going to get out at the end yeah, but yeah. at the same time though the the pace in it is just a little bit off and that's kind of what adds to it or even a movie like Hereditary where you're dropping in at a point when a character's going through something bad, then something horrible really happens, and then we we travel through it. So it's those sort of things that I think that are more interesting, especially to discuss. Like you, we go and see a movie, like one that comes to mind recently uh, was we went to see that Purge, that last Purge movie, Purge was the <laughs> yeah, first yeah, fucking yeah. Lover like that, and Forever Purge, Forever Purge, right? And we came out of that, and how we managed to get forty minutes of discussion out of that. <laughs> is beyond yeah. me because yeah, yeah, yeah. you can give the cliff notes of that movie surprisingly oh. quick and someone would not need to see it whereas yeah. other movies which are a bit more dense um or you know a bit more labored than their pacing it's difficult to it's difficult to explain why those movies make you feel the way they do mm. you know what i mean like if you're a if you're a gore whore then it's very easy to explain why a particular like a movie like saw like gets you because well the guy saws his foot off and you know there's yeah. a trap that rips her face off you can point to those moments but a movie like Men it's really difficult why a movie like Men might get to you or might be worth discussing afterwards because mm. if any it's very abstract yeah, you know yeah, what I mean yeah. like you you end up talking about themes and concepts more than you do necessarily what you see on the screen um, mm. I think that's the interesting but I think we all get there and that's why to, to counter back to something I mentioned though that's why movies not all of them, but that's why movies like, like Orphan First Kill get me like to a point of enjoyment because I get the other side of that. It's a movie. It's the same reason I love Pieces. It's yeah, like technically yeah. on almost every level, it's a it's a failure as a movie, but uh -huh. the entertainment value for me is so strong. And like, it's at a point where I'm like, you know, this might be one of the best movies ever made. Um, and it's it's, it's not. <laughs> it is not. <laughs> You've had enough. Um, so yeah, but I was going to say the one other one that I want to quickly touch on before we jump in is a movie I've still to see, but you went a sexy solo. I uh, did. An advanced screening. And uh, what was that movie called? It was called Fall. And I know the premise of this one, and I thought it looked pretty good, and you sent a message to both myself and Dave saying, kind of tense watching it. Oh, what? <laughs> Yeah, it's it's a typical survival type mm -hmm. movie, you know, like you're, I don't know, was it 40 metres below or whatever, you know. The yeah, well the one that kept and... springing to mind to me was Frozen, 
the movie where yes, they're stuck in the uh, ski lift. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Aye, very, very similar. So the way ruining it, and the premise is it's two girls go out into the desert and climb this abandoned TV tower. Yeah. Um, and I, I have a kind of level of vertigo. Um, I do. I definitely do. It, it, it came in with me when my daughter was born. I, I never used to get it, but I started getting it really bad when I was with her. Well, I was terrified. She was had of irrational things like she, my God, she's going to slip through that railing. Yeah, you know the gap's about three inches wide, but my child, my four-year-old's going to slip through there and plunge to her death and stuff like that. But I think I've spoken about it before. There was yeah. myself and my wife were out a walk where one time it was before we had the boys, and um, we were at. You'll know it. There's a viaduct, uh, an aqueduct, in fact, down. Um, at, oh God, what's that place called? What, out towards on Lithgow? Near Ravenside. Oh, yeah, yeah, up near Ravenside. And um, so there's a canal along the top of it kind of thing, you know, and we were walking along there and my wife turned around and I was literally on my knees clinging on to the... She was walking with my daughter ahead mm-hmm. and I, I was on my knees clinging on to the thing going, just bring her back, bring her back, we need to off you. It was awful. So I do have a level of vertigo and my God, if you <laughs> suffer from vertigo, this film... And fact, you know, I remember, you to see. I remember going to see Cliffhanger and that, and it was like, <laughs> didn't bother me, you know. But this, it's, I, I think what it is, it's this structure that they climb. I mean, it's just a big, massive mast. Yeah. So it's so narrow <laughs> and so very, very high, Duncan. It's so very high. <laughs> um, and they obviously, again, boot around the end, they get stuck at the top of this thing, and it, Oh, some of the moments, I think I said to you, like, I hadn't realised how I had tensed all my arms. I was holding like the cup holder yeah. uh, on the arm of a chair and stuff like that. And my arms were visibly, you know, like noticeably sore yeah. when I came out because I had been gripping things and I was so dead. <laughs> and and it, it, it's a good movie. Um, the, it's, the plot in that is nothing groundbreaking in terms of writing. But it was a wee spin on that kind of survival horror yeah. thing that I hadn't seen before. Mm-hmm. Um, it was really well shot. Some of the, yeah, I would imagine a lot of that had to be green screen, but it was yeah. very good if mm-hmm. it was, do you know what I mean? And I think there must have been a fair bit of it actually as well with proper, I don't know if these girls were using doubles or whatever, yep. or if they have a background in kind of extreme climbing or something. Mm-hmm. But um yeah, and it was really good to look at, kind of thing, and just the yeah, some of the, some of the bits. Are, it's definitely worth going to see. Yeah. Um, but with a pinch of salt, if you do a vertigo, it will trigger you. Yeah. I promise you that. <laughs> but I had a good time watching. I've got to say, I came out and I, I did enjoy it. But my Christ, it is tension inducing. Um, right. Yeah, good movie though. Yeah, like I'm that. looking forward to it. I will catch it before the year's out. It's definitely on the list. It's definitely on the list. Uh, speaking of things that are on list, bands, we have a yeah. horror movie to discuss. Uh, my pick for you was the movie November from 2017. This one is representing Europe. We've already done our American one. This is us doing our European one now before we swing it back to the, the, the Great British Isles and then 
jump our way. Blighty. Yeah, before we jump our way across to, uh, I think it's Korea, and then we're closing in South America. I can't quite remember the order. Um, no, I think that's right. I think that's right. That sounded good, so let's stick with that. Uh, so, yeah, we are going to take a short break just now, ladies and gents. You're going to hear the trailer from November, which I can't imagine is in English. <laughs> Also yeah. can't, can't, strap in folks I can't imagine there's a lot of dialogue in it either and without the visuals it's going to be pretty boring but uh, yeah. bear with us and when we return after a pick of Baz for music in this episode Baz will be curating your now don't pick November Rain because this episode might run long and I don't know if we can last seven minutes on an Ireland <laughs> song uh, but yeah we're going to return and we're going to be discussing that movie right after this
kui mu vanem oli veel väike tõõruk, hiilista saune, et vaadata, mida nad surnud seal teevad. Tõgi saunauksel lahti ja mis ta nägi. Inimkõrgused kanad vihtles. Mis sa taad? Krätile hinge osta. Miks see on niimoodi haidiselt? See on sit. Kristuse ehu ja veri. midagi olema või veel parem keegi? Mul on keegi. Ja perselt saa endama. Ma tulin liinale kosse. Mine, mine ma. Aga sa endigast ei pääse. Mina olen isa ja otsustan. Pissand Jeesus Kristus Jumala põhjus. Ladies and gents, you've just heard the trailer for November. This movie came out in 2017. It's directed by Rainier Sarnet, based on the Andreas, you've got a really difficult surname to pronounce, novel, um, and screenplay adapted by Rainier Sarnet. Kiverhachal. I think is how you pronounce that name, and I am sticking with that. Uh, the movie stars a surprising amount of foreign people. Um, so, uh, <laughs> realist Jorgen Lick, Arvo <laughs> Kukumanji, <laughs> isn't that the game that they played with Robin Williams? Kukumanji, uh, Katariana Unt, um, Tavi Elma. A lot of people that you probably never heard in movies before, but there is one that you will have. Uh, and it's Dieter Laser is in this movie, uh, or Dieter Lister, sorry, Laser Lister, Laser Lister, Dieter Lister, Dieter Lister, uh, Dieter Laser. Um, I don't know how you pronounce how, it. How long have we been doing this for, Dieter Laser, <laughs> <laughs> Dieter Laser, um, who is probably nowadays most notable for his performance, his Oscar award-winning performance as the mad crazy doctor in a human centipede um i know him though because i'm a a weird guy who didn't sleep a lot or still don't sleep a lot uh, i know him from the tv show lex which was a really fucking low budget canadian sci-fi show that came out the very 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 late 
90s, early 2000s. Yeah, I remember. Uh, I never watched it, but I do know the film, the thing that you're talking about. He yeah. was a recurring character in there as a floating head. Um, nice. Uh, as you do. As you do. Uh, I think it was because it was a German-Canadian co-production. You know, like Germany and Canada, long-standing friendship and filmmaking I don't have a clue uh, speak about green screen that has not aged well I checked out some of that on YouTube recently I was like that Lex she came to my mind I was like oh fuck I need to check some of that and I, sh- I was like that I used to think this show was fucking cutting edge this looks like dog shit um, it looks so fucking it's aged so terribly um, so yeah he's probably the biggest name to outsiders there but I imagine uh, the main two here in particular this Jorgen Lick guy who plays Hans He's like the main male character in this one. Yeah. Kind of looks to me like he's either a male model or has had a prolific career in something. He's got, yeah. he kind of got that leading man face. Um, the synopsis for this one, though, Baz, uh, <laughs> which may or may not resemble the movie. Um, in a poor Estonian village, a group of peasants use magic and folk remedies to survive the winter. And the young woman tries to get a young man to love her. It's a story as old as time. It is. Like, this is the thing about this movie. Like, strip away all the bizarreness of which there is a lot. This is a surprisingly simple plot. Yeah, 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 yeah. And well, I suppose they're called good fairy tales as well. It's very... Yep. You know, it's the classic tropes. It's the young girl in love and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, but... It, Throws its own twist on it. Yeah, ju- just just like like from like from the first five minutes, you like that. <laughs> what the fuck has Duncan made me watch? Um, so yeah, this is my pick. Like I say, I have a lot of time for this movie. I think this movie is kind of something fucking special. Like I'd like I genuinely do. I'm fully. I have prepared myself all week. Um, by that I mean last week into this week for you basically tell me you fucking hated this and you'll never get the time back. Um, so I'm genuinely curious because you've given me nothing. Like you are honestly yeah. you'd like nothing nothing in messages, nothing at all. Baz, for the listeners out there, of which I know there's quite a few of them eager to hear this, <laughs> let them know what you made of November. <laughs> Alrighty laugh. then. That's an evil laugh. Uh, um <laughs> Yeah, I think I mentioned last week, um, the November, it was actually on my, I think it was my Amazon watch list, and it's yeah. been on it for ages and ages, and I think it was just over the prim- I quite like Eastern European stuff, yep. um, there's always a kind of dark edge to, to a lot of their stuff. What this film turned out to be was nothing <laughs> like what I thought it was going to be, although the premise that you gave you know, which is the one that I would have read, is it's spot on. Yeah. But it still <laughs> does not bear any similarity to what what we see here. Um, it's like the director got handed this, right? It was like, that's a, I could make a movie out of that and then just literally like, like a kid seen something shiny on the ground, just got distracted by everything else. <laughs> yeah, and it turned out the shiny thing in the ground was actually magic mushrooms and the <laughs> You know what I mean? His fist fills of mushrooms. Let's fucking do this movie! <laughs> so yeah, so it is Estonian. It is in black and white. You know, it's ticking all my boxes so far. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm just sitting here, it looks fucking freezing. Um, 
the film actually opens with a wolf running through a snowy landscape and it then kind of cuts to this peasant girl that we see sleeping. Mm-hmm. Um, and while that seemed like just a random arty opening, it does actually kind of tie into the film later on. It does indeed, man. However, yeah, this is the bit that I, I hadn't seen it in a few years. So when this yeah. next bit happened, straight away I remembered it was happening. Like, but when it happens like right at the start, I was like, "Oh right, um, yeah." Yeah. Now, see, I had watched the trailer mm-hmm. a week or two prior, mm-hmm. um, and what I'm about to discuss features in the trailer a little bit. But like you see, I was not expecting it literally within the first 90 seconds or so of the movie. (laughs) I'm going to read this word for word from my notes. A three-legged stick wheel thing with a cow skull for a face and old farm tools for hands steals a cow, then flies off with it like a helicopter. Mental! And then I have written, although the look on the cow's face is priceless. <laughs> the way you said mental there was as if you were watching it going, oh yeah, look at that. Hey, you didn't see that every day. <laughs> oh, the mental! <laughs> um, yeah, it, it's so weird. It's this rickety, crickety creature thing comes. So it's basically like three spindly legs and they've yep. got farm tools on the end. Mm-hmm. And it kind of cartwheels along. Mm-hmm. With this cow skull in the middle, which is in a wee spindle, so it kind of always remains upright, and it just it fucking steals this cow. Now, apart from this, is a thing in Estonian folklore. I can imagine, but we're, we're going to come yeah. on to talk about them, and I can actually relate it to something else. Cool. So, the, the, it, it, <laughs> I keep struggling to get words out here. So, this this opening is two or three minutes of this, and at the end, as I say. That this thing kind of flips on its side and uses its three wee spindly legs like helicopter rotors mm-hmm. and it lifts this cow away. Yeah. And there's obviously there are, are shots of a cow being get and it's clearly underneath an actual helicopter, although you don't see it, you know. It's just this poor fucking cow. Like <laughs> or, 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 or just with this stunned look in its face <laughs> as it was getting carried across these fields. I thought it was absolutely fucking hilarious to watch. <laughs> Absolutely hilarious. <laughs> right, into the next paragraph. The cow stick helicopter crashes into a tree. <laughs> I, I didn't know what to call it. I did eventually find out the name, and, ah. and it makes this easier. But up until this point, I'm like, right, so it's a cow stick helicopter. <laughs> um, it crashes into a tree outside the house of an old man who looks like an alcoholic Santa. He does. He he takes the he seemed to think, or I had initially thought at this point that he was like, oh, what the point the fuck is this? Mm-hmm. Uh, and he takes the cow like it's a kind of gift from God, gives it a wee kiss and all that, which is kind of fucking weird, although not the weirdest <laughs> thing in this film. Um, but then the kind of broken stick helicopter thing mm-hmm. pins him up against a wall. And then I've written here a surprisingly hot yet dishevelled blonde chick frees him. But then the stick thing ejaculates a black liquid right in his curtain Facial. and asks him for work. Yeah. Which is weird. And I've just written here, worst money shot ever. 
And then I started to think, and I'm like, that money shot. Is this an allegory for their poverty? Oh, Baz, eh? Deep down. I don't think it is. No, it's not. I don't think it is. No, it's not. But, uh, um, but not. <laughs> you know, sounds cool. Sounds cool. It's just, it's just, a, it's just a stick thing jizzing in the old guy's face. Just Fucking a, weird. Stick thing jizzing in an old guy's face. <laughs> so ask him for work. Yes. Uh, and he tells it to go and build a ladder out of bread. Mm-hmm which it goes to try and do, and then when it realises that that's essentially impossible, it explodes uh, with sparks and all that kind of thing, which is weird for something that is made of wood, but okay. Right. <laughs> and I've just written here, the puppetry used for the creature is highly comedic, because it is, it's all, certainly to the best of my knowledge, it, it's... It's all puppetry that's used for these things. Yes, yeah, it's yeah. not stop motion. Mm-mm. It's not. It's certainly not special effects. It's all puppetry, but it gives it a very kind of comedic feel because it's the weirdest looking thing. Yeah, and it then gets that funny lumbering gait that you would see a you know like a wee marionette or something having, uh, which is really clever. Mm-hmm. Um, and it <laughs> it's a very Without that motion, it's a very creepy looking thing. Oh, God, yeah. Um, you know, it's like one of the things that the Blair Witch came to life, you know, the little corn dog. Yeah, I'd like, I'd, if something, I saw something like that, I would shit my pants. It's fucking terrifying. <laughs> but this this funny kind of gait that it has, it's a real kind of juxtaposition. And it, it should just never work, but it actually kind of <laughs> does. Yes, Maz. I've got him on board. Uh, oh, so weird, man. Anyway, it then, it then cuts to like the next morning and Jakey's aunt wakes up next to Stoney and Josh Stone and her brother. Um, remember me, Josh Stone? I do. Yeah. Or we bare feet and all that. Um, and that's... <laughs> you'll come on to her nickname in a minute. Right, so it's Stoney and Josh Stone, and I think it's somebody that's her brother or something like that. Mm-hmm. And he tells them, Jakey Santa tells them to go and prepare for All Souls Day. Mm-hmm. Which, at this point, I initially thought was something like Christmas or something like that. You know, going to put it across like that. Uh, however, apparently this involves them firing up the sauna that they appear to own. Despite the fact they live in a barn that's about four <laughs> foot tall and they have to sleep with the livestock, yep. they do have their own sauna. Um, it's a fixer upper. Not jealousy, talking <laughs> in my part at all. In fairness, I've seen some pretty rank houses in the area of the world that we live that have hot tubs. So That's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's the tale as old as time. Pool. Um... <laughs> While the old guy's giving the brother a bit of a hard time for falling asleep in the sauna, Joss Stonier. Oh, fucking hell. This is from Estonia. Oh, and we get it, we looks, get it. She looks like Joss Stone. Joss Stonier. She takes a ring out of a stash of treasure that apparently they keep under the floorboards in order to fund their lavish sauna-centric lifestyle. <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) 
We're going to leave that behind for a minute. We're going to head over to the White House. Yep. <laughs> where a Gerard Depardieu stunt double uh, <laughs> and a massive toothed maid mm. are making breakfast for their master and his bedridden mother. Uh, the maid steals clothes from a chest in the old lady's room and she then sneaks out to Jostonia, who's waiting outside. Uh, although she is dressed like she's off to become an Isis bride or something <laughs> like that. Uh, she, she tries to buy the dress with the ring that she took from the treasure earlier, but the maid says she's only getting a strip of material for that, which she then fashions into a headscarf. Um, that night, she's walking through the woods. There's kind of people everywhere lighting candles mm -hmm. at graves. So this is the whole All Souls thing coming in. She sees a young Harry Styles look-alike. <laughs> uh, gets real fucking wet. Um, no one will know how bad that wink was when you said that. Yeah, I even create myself a wee bit of, oh, a bit of bile got in the throat there. Yeah. Because the pair of them are just manky looking like they live in mud. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And oh, you can imagine the smell coming off them. Anyway, um, once the candles are all lit, a procession of dead people mm. uh, walk through them, uh, looking a bit too much like a clan rally. It has to be said. Does a little bit, yeah. Um, I didn't really get this initially on my first viewing, and then you can it becomes more apparent after that. It just because yeah. the people are dressed in white. And I thought it could be one of these kind of funny Christian festivals you get out of the continent. Yep. But it's not. They're actually supposed to be their dead ancestors yes. and relatives and stuff like that. Um, Harry Stylesovich points out... <laughs> Harry Stylesovich. Harry, St Harry Stylesovich, as we're calling him. <laughs> I nearly blurted out earlier on when you were talking about his leading man looks. Harry Stylesovich. <laughs> um, very much like Harry Styles, but a lot more polyester. <laughs> and tank tops. Knitted tank tops. Mmm, really? Um, he points out her dead mum, so we didn't know up to this point, but Josh Stonia's mum is dead. Uh, and his dead mum, so Stylesovich's dead mum, points out that Justonia has got real hot. No need to tell me him. <laughs> uh, so basically, it turns out that All Souls Day is basically the dead come back, mm -hmm. go back to their old homes. Yes. And their families are then expected to host them for the night kind of thing. Uh, dead grandpa wants to see his treasure under the floor, so that's why that's there. Yikes. But it turns out he's looking for this ring, which is gone, obviously. Um, but Josh Stonia, she panics, so she blames the Krat, which is the stick creatures. So they're called Krats. Krats. And as you say, I'm fairly sure this is an actual kind of uh, Estonian folklore. Yes. So at that point, it reminds me of golems in Jewish. Yes. Folklore, so it's a, a human-esque creature that's fashioned from 
inanimate objects. In this case, it's like twigs and old bits of metal and tools and stuff. And then imbued with a spirit um, to give it life, to then act as a servant to its creator. Yes. Um, and that's what golems do. Uh, I think most people nowadays probably know golems from the Terry Pratchett Discworld novels. The golems appeared in quite a lot of them. Very funny. Very yeah. good characters, as to be said. Well, they, like, the um, cat in here is specifically you. Like you mentioned it earlier on, it's the kind of weird comic relief of the story. Like we, yes, like, they do that. Um, as as Wikipedia has it listed, uh, a crat is a magical creature in old Estonian mythology. Is a treasure bearer. Uh, it's a creature formed from hay or the old household implements of its master, who then had to give the devil three drops of blood to bring the crat to life. It would mostly do what had been ordered from its master, um, using for stealing or bringing various goods, um, and was able to fly around, hence the helicopter. So there you go. Yeah. yeah. Although I don't think they look like this. This is like a steampunk version. Yeah, yeah it's a bit <laughs> it steampunk looking actually at points. Um... Yeah, so she basically says, oh, a crack came in and stole it. Um, and then she takes some bread out to her dead mum who won't come into the house because it looks like she's still got a bit of beef with Alki Santa. So, but uh, Jostonia does confess to her about having horn for Harry Styles a bitch. <laughs> having horn? Uh, talking <laughs> of him, he is... The young uh, lady is with horn. <laughs> she's with horn. Um, talking of Stelzovich, he's sitting under a tree in the garden of the White House like a fucking creep. He's chilling. He's a weird guy. <laughs> um, two old dead guys are making their way to a sauna when they're accosted by a toothless old couple mm. who, try, who try and find out where the treasure is hidden. Is it the rack treasure or something yeah. they call it? Something like that. Anyway, the deed folk hit them in the face with their sauna branches and then they turn into massive chickens. <laughs> and that's exactly what happens. That's not me being smart ass blood baz. Yeah, they, 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 they smack the old couple in the head with branches and then the, the dead couple become chickens, not the people that they smack in the head with branches. Yeah, that's... Oh, yes, sorry, right, sorry. I just, like, yeah. They didn't curse them to become chickens. No, right, no, just no, for the they listeners didn't, so... But they do, like, walk for... into a door and then they're chickens. Yeah, so, so for, for people that don't know, like, traditional saunas in uh, Scandinavia and places like that, there's, like, a lot more hot water getting flung about in it. A sauna to us is one of these pine rooms just with steam. Yeah. Um, you know, and the hot stones... But they 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 have branches that they will often dip in the hot water and then kind of almost flagellate themselves with the branches to bring yeah. the blood up to the surface of their skin and all this kind of stuff. Um, Sexy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but so yeah, so the dead folk are carrying the wee branches and they hit the toothless folk, and then the dead folk go into the sauna and turn into big chickens. <laughs> Which oddly, I think Alki Santa mentions earlier on, because I don't think they're meant to look into the sauna when they're in there. Yeah. Turns out it's because they're massive chickens. <laughs> um, next day, the whole village are taking communion for the oldest priest in the world. <laughs> the, you, didn't, um, you didn't need to worry about him being a child molester then. 
You don't know. No, Viagra didn't exist back then. This is pre Viagra. (laughs) Uh, The local lord and his daughter turn up, so they're the ones that live in the White House. Yes. Um, The the, the lord um, is played the guy you're talking about that was in. Dieter uh, Laser, yeah. Yeah, human centipede and so on. The daughter catches the eye of young Harry Stylesovich. which is unfortunate for Josh Stonia, yeah. obviously. Um, the dad is a rather kind of dandy uh, fashion sense. Yes. Um, lots of long stockings and coat shoes and all this kind of stuff. And mm. a lot of white. He also looks kind of uh, half canned <laughs> most of the time. He may so have been when he made this a, movie. <laughs> yeah. So I came up with a bitching nickname for him. We're oh. going to call him the the gin white duke <laughs> god rest you David Bowie sir god I rest you, love you. Uh, the gin white duke white duke and his daughter daughter is Rachel Rich <laughs> so it's like Richie Rich for Rachel well, Richie Rich but the feminine Um. Rachel Rich sees the poor folks so when they take communion they come outside the church yeah. And they, then they spit the contents of their mouth into one of the other villagers' hands. And apparently this is because they are turning the bread into bullets for hunting. This very ugly old lady says it's something about because it's Jesus' body. What the mental Catholics actually believe. <laughs> then it, because it's Jesus, it'll never miss. Okay. Rancid. <laughs> Anyway, over at the Styles of Itch's house, uh, a crat turns up looking for some work. This mm. one has a bicycle seat for a head. Yeah. Uh, and it takes a piss in a bucket. They really went all in with the, the, the crat toilet <laughs> scenes in this, it has to be said. There's quite a lot of it. And it, it's not very cool. No, there's also like, a, like, a, like a big old powerful piss. <laughs> Oh, I pisses like a racehorse. Uh, and the whole time, young Harry Stylesovich is over at the side rocking out on his Jews harp. And that's not a racist pun no. either. That's what One we, of those weird little... Yes, I think that's what we things. call them. I th- like, that's certainly what my grandmother called it. Yeah, yeah, I think that's actually the name for it, a Jews harp. I think you can also call I don't call know it, any other name for it. I think you can also call it a mouth harp. Oh, can you? Yes. <laughs> I, All think, right. I think that may have come in at a certain time period where we were trying to move things on. Like, very, very similar to why we now have mini gems. Yeah, you can to... fucking call it a mouth twanger for all I care. <laughs> a mouth Papa Stylesovich gives twang. the crat a good kicking for some fucking reason and says eh, he didn't make it so his name is not in the devil's book and we find out all about this shortly. Uh, yeah. mm-hmm. But this ties back to what you were saying earlier on, Doug. Yeah. Um, Alki Santa turns up looking for some currants for some reason. Currents. We'll find out about currants. Currants. Oh, <laughs> uh, you currants. Apparently, <laughs> apparently this current. is to do with making a new crat. So, obligingly, Papa Stylesovich fishes some currants out of his roof when mm-hmm. he keeps them, apparently. Mm. Oh, God. Mm. Anyway... <laughs> Uh, Alki Santa heads off down to the crossroads to become the greatest blues man who ever lived. <laughs> um, 
while there he meets a mentally mentally retarded Santa who dishes out souls for the cats. <laughs> he has he has to write like good old Robert Johnson tradition. He, ha, he has to write his name in blood, but he uses the current juice instead. So this is what he was after the currents for. Poor wee retarded Santa licks up the air quotes blood and then goes fucking mental when he realises he's been tricked. So basically, the, the wee tramp guy has got a crat for free. Because when they sign their name in their blood, the retarded Santa will then give a soul to this collection of sticks that yeah. they've made. Uh, and that's where that comes from. Mm. Uh, Josh Stonia heads off out of the woods for a wee naked nature wank. Uh, gets her cell all good and lubed up yep. uh, and then starts howling like the gym teacher in Porky's. <laughs> That's, uh, you've got to be of a certain vintage to get that reference, let me tell you. That was old Kim Cattrall for Sex in the City, wasn't it? That was mm-hmm. one of her early roles. Mm-hmm. A lot, I think a lot of people went on to do some interesting work after Porky's. <laughs> Aye. Um, and then I've written here that she turns into a wolf and heads up to the White House, and I don't think that is the case. I think she can kind of project her mind yeah. into a wolf. Which That's I think how I take it. What was referred to at the start of the film when we saw the wolf and then had her sleep. Yeah. So it seems to, like, she can kind of transfer her consciousness into the wolf. Astral projection, yeah. man. Astral projection, as it were. Um, up there, she spots Harry Styles of it. She's creeping about, trying to peek on wee Rachel Rich getting changed. Yeah, so he has um, went full creep now. So you did call it earlier on. He has, oh yeah, he's, he's gone full fucking toilet pervert now. <laughs> uh, wee Joss the Wolf isn't very happy about this. So she, and then I'm just sitting just so she goes to bed with a cow. Literally goes and sleeps next to a cow. Alky Santa's drinking with one of his fat friends who just on the spur decides he's going to marry Josh Stonia. Now, this guy makes me look like a freshman at college, to be quite honest. He's about 90, grossly overweight, and again, you can only imagine the stench wafting up from his crusty gusset. Yeah, you like you that. Know. Like he, he looks like the sort of guy that maybe misses the folds when he goes for his like twice twice yearly bath. Yeah, yeah. I he's got stuff growing under those <laughs> flaps. Of, he's got some of those magic mushrooms the director took. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Grows them under his man teeth. <laughs> uh, yeah, so apparently he's now decided he's going to marry Josh Stonia, who's like 16 years old, um, in exchange for a pig. Um, she, she though, takes the piss out of him about this, going like that, you're going to marry the pig? Mm. Yeah, it kind of confuses him, because he's, he's all liquored up on the old toilet vodka, whatever <laughs> it is they're drinking. Um, a risky move there, Josh Stonia, has to be said. Mm-hmm. Uh, but somehow she does manage to get through this unraped, which I didn't think was possible in that situation. I was sure she was in for some, some of the old... Yeah, you know what I mean. 
Next morning, the gin white duke catches Gerard Depard don't <laughs> taking a shit on the lawn. <laughs> uh. <coughs> oh. oh, sorry, excuse me. I am. I'm just getting blasted here. I took a hay fever attack yesterday that was so oh. bad we had to cancel recording last night. Oh, I nearly had to leave my niece's birthday party. And I'm just in a wee waft of it again there. So if I start sneezing and sounding like a bit fucking cold, it's actually hay fever, folks. Um, where are we? Where, oh, I do it, Gerard Depper, don't just taking a shit on the lawn. He also catches sight of wee Harry Styles of it's creeping about. And I'm just sitting here and I don't know why the Duke is definitely gay. Oh, I think he's maybe looking at Styles of it's thinking, uh, thinking he'd like to see his wee pink mount. Um, Stylesovich catches Depard don't on the rob. Uh, the butler tries to pay him off with stolen underpants. Mm. There then follows a surprisingly long scene about underpants, which somehow manages to morph itself into this diatribe about Estonian nationalism. See, this is what this is what I was trying to take. I think the director. It's filming like the the underpants scene is like maybe like it's like thirty seconds tops, right? I think he starts filming it and he just he just feels he hasn't explored that enough. So we're then spending an inordinate amount of time just like oh. getting in to the underpants pass, and that's kind of why I love this director. I think he just he just he he has more tangents than the podcast under the stairs. It's uh, it's levels, man. It's levels. Guys get levels. And I will say, right, see, see if he was to go, this film is actually uh, an analogy for Estonian nationalism. I would give him more credit than that prick that made a Serbian film. Yes, you know Buzz. I mean? Yes, Buzz. Fucking yes. Anyway, looks like the gin white duke might be for the old guillotine or whatever it is. Mm. Whatever rusty farm implement they use in Estonia. <laughs> rusty farm um, implement sounds like the worst you know sex I mean? position ever. Harry Styles of it's returns at night. Gerard Depper don't takes him up to Rachel Rich's bedroom where she's sleeping. Uh, he hangs about watching her sleep for a wee while. Yeah, could have been worse, I suppose. Um, but as she gets up and sleep walks out onto the roof. She wakes up and nearly falls, but her dad catches her. He says something about the full moon and her illness. Yeah. And uh, do you know, at, at this point, in my first watching, so before I'd watched the whole film, I began to think, oh my God, is this some like werewolf thing? Mm. And I was like, because old Josh Stonia there can turn into a wolf. I still thought she turned into wolves at this point. Yeah. And there's no werewolves in this film. No. I was away doing the wrong road. I took the path less travelled by, as it were, Duncan, <laughs> in the words of Robert Frost. Didn't know. See, this is what I talk about tangents. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Gone from Estonian pants to neoclassical American literature. <laughs> the uh, next day, we draw Estonia's out working in the fields uh, with the rest of the peasants. Apparently she has to basically roll tree stumps around, which is a thankless fucking task. Yeah. As they said. We'll roll those tree stumps. Um, 
Lee Stylesovich turns up though in, in a hat with a whip because he's now been promoted to overseer. Uh, a popular post, Baz? Not so much. Oh. He's very bad at it. <laughs> like, very bad at it. Um, and basically everybody revolts and then they chase him off with he d- stones. He doesn't really have much... Like, he, There's no bass in his voice for a start to, to really get these people going, but he does kind of just walk in there like, all right, shaggers. Ah, pretty much. <laughs> gonna roll those gonna roll those tree stumps and everyone's like, no. Yeah. <laughs> Stab your bag to roll your tree stumps. Everybody fucking hates them now. Mm-hmm. Uh, Josh Stonia, she doesn't believe that he's the fucking overseer, although he's quite clearly the overseer. Clearly dressed Alan. as, yeah. <laughs> so she projects into the wolf to spy on him again. She then goes to see a witch. Uh to see if she can place a spell on him to love her. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're, we're down the rabbit hole now. Do you know what I mean? The witch, in fairness to her, she could have just fobbed her off with some a bunch of lucky white heather or whatever it is they sell over there. Yep. Uh, but she, she's all, uh, literally the, uh, the only honest witch in slap best we can probably do is just kill the bird that he fancies. Yeah. <laughs> do you know? Straight to the point. Also, also, kind of weirdly, like, like, weirdly, like, listen, there isn't any magic, right? I can't do it, but however, I am a hitman on this side. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't even kill the bitch. <laughs> you know what I mean? Can't really do much about him, but we, we can kill her. Uh, and then she gives her a kind of enchanted arrow or something like mm. that to throw at her. Uh, which she nearly does while buck-ass naked that night. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh yeah, it's just Rachel Riches up on the roof again. Yep. Uh, but just as she goes to fall naked, Jostonia saves her for some fucking reason that's completely unclear to, to me. I mean, I mean, if you were what I'd like, I imagine the first time you're watching this, though, you were thinking, "Whoa, lesbian scene," and you were denied. So. Yeah. True. <laughs> um, a blonde chick. So we jump to another scene. So there's another blonde chick now that we've never seen before, and she holds herself out to this gypsy-looking cunt for a lift across a river. Uh, they kiss, and then the boy drops dead with a black face, and Alki Santa finds a dead bird. So it turns out. <laughs> You, you, you but, set up the scene, you yeah. give us the components, and then you break it down for us. So it turns out, let, guys. Let Baz delve down for you here. Let's go deep diving, bitches. <laughs> so th- this woman is, is a sort of representative of the plague. Yes. So it's the guy didn't actually carry a woman across a river and kiss her and get a black face and fall down deep. Mm. He got the plague. Maybe for carrying some kind across a river. I don't know. <laughs> but, um,. <laughs> this is what this is so the plague has come to the village and obviously in these times because I probably should have mentioned this isn't modern day Estonia it may sound like modern day Estonia you're a bad man but um, you're a bad it's, man <laughs> it's actually I don't know it was meant to be set hundreds of years ago I believe according to the the intranets and the facts on um, like IMDB we're, go- we're going to do this we're going to do this right Baz According to IMDb, despite Estonia being ruled by Germanic nobles, 
Estonia yes. was actually part of the Russian Empire at the time, as German nobles still controlled much of Estonia under Russian control. This puts the date somewhere between 1720 and 1900. Neither Russia nor Germany clamped down on pagan beliefs until well into the 19th century, making Estonia one of the last pagan states in Europe. Due to the Soviet policy of forced atheism uh, in the early 1900s, Estonia remained secular for many years, leaving it one of the least religious countries in the world as of the 21st century. There you go. There we go. There, there we, we are. Go. Did not know that they were a bunch of fucking heathens. Neither did I. And yeah. fucking Mama Baz didn't fucking raise no pagan tamperer. <laughs> pagan tamperer. Yeah, I, I, I lost that. That, that. that line there started well. It started strong. <laughs> And then just derailed halfway through, and I could not think of that. Dude, I like I've I've never never regretted calling my podcast "Podcast Under the Stairs" until you said the word "pagan tamperer," and that could have been that's that's the podcast name. That's the podcast name we should have had, "Pagan Tamperer." <laughs> like, like, what would you do? Oh, we only do movies that deal in the occult, um, and we 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 go feeling around, but that's, that's what we do. <laughs> um. Papa Stylesovich calls a town meeting, obviously, because the plague's on the way. It's not, it's, uh, the plague has arrived, Baz. The plague has arrived, but it's okay, because this fucking idiot's got a plan. Uh, <laughs> so he tells them all to put their pants on their head, so the plague thinks that they have two arses and leaves them alone. Almost word for word what he says to them in this fucking film. <laughs> Unbelievably, they all do this. Yeah, because they've all got lie, shit for brains. So lie face down on the barn floor with shoes on their hands. Yeah. Even more unbelievably, <laughs> a goat comes in. So I think it's the plague. No, it's not the hot blonde bird anyway. Yep. It's a goat. Uh, has a wee sniff at a couple asses and then fucks off. Yeah. So uh, everyone is utterly delighted that the two hours plan worked. <laughs> And then they all have a wee fondle on the floor, which could have been quite cool, but it's not. No. <laughs> you know what I mean? Which to me just shows lack of effort. Uh, I'm taking a point off it, Duncan. I'm taking a point off it for lack of orgy effort. I, um, I also think a wee, a wee goat rape wouldn't have gone amiss. Oh, come you know on. I mean? No, well, seriously though, the wee goats in there and the plague, oh, look at me. Look at all these arses. I might as well just shag one of them. Look at all the Papa Styles of it or something just getting fucking ploughed with this goat. <laughs> so that this plan, this plan was a bad plan. I should never have chose it. Oh no. That's it. <laughs> goat bummed into oblivion. Um. Um, I'm tangenting very badly tonight. Yeah, as to you're, says. you're flexing those tangential muscles. I'm liking it. Um, Papa Stylesovich sends them all out to look for the plague now. Yeah. <laughs> Which seems counterproductive to me, but let's go with it. <laughs> um, they bring back all sorts of shit. Well, one guy <laughs> brings back a nail. That's a fucking nail, mate. It's and even plague. Papa Stylesovich is like a nail. Uh one of the villagers dies because he finds a coin and he puts it in his mouth. Yeah. Um, 
Then Big Papa Stylesovich squares up to a pig who apparently is now the plague. Yeah. Um, he asks the plague to spare the village. No, sorry, to spare uh, one girl and one boy from the village so that the line may live on, kind of thing. Uh, makes the pig swear in a Bible. Everybody starts dancing about and bearing their asses. Yep. Harry Stylesovich is busting out the moves. And in fairness, I can see Harry Styles dancing like this because he dances like a prick at the best of times. <laughs> um, Josh Stonia tells the old witch that she can't kill Rachel Rich uh, as Stylesovich will die of sadness. So it's the kind of the tragedy in it all. Yeah. It's, it's very Romeo and Juliet. It is. Ah, I just mention that at the end. Do you? Oh, well, I'll shut I the do. fuck up then. <laughs> uh, Stylesovich makes this cracked snowman hybrid. And no good ever came from genetic tampering, Duncan. Mm. Do you want to uh, build a snowman? <laughs> retarded Santa, though, is not for getting Betty tricked again. So he takes the blood that he is due by force. Mm. Um, Stylesovich wants the crack to help him with Rachel Rich but it can't help him because apparently it can't carry people and it then recounts this boring as fuck story about his previous <laughs> life as water used to live in a Venetian canal apparently and it tells him a story about two lovers in a ring and it can get fucked to be quite honest I hate this snowman thing I really do see the other crats I can get on board with them the snowman is a cunt. <laughs> oh my god, my notes have jumped back at the start. Hold on. Talk amongst yourselves. I'll try and help Duncan breathe one of the two. Um... <laughs> snowman's a cunt. <laughs> yes! Oh. Alky Santa tries to f- force Jostonia to marry his fat pal and then the fat pal does get a wee bit rapey at this point it has to be said mm. uh, Alki Santa watches this for a uncomfortably <laughs> long amount of time before he decides to step in and stop his own child getting raped um, the old witch goes to see Alki Santa at this point and tells them about Josh Stonia being in love with me, Harry Stylesovich. Mm-hmm. Uh, turns out that the old witch had the horn for Alki Santa when they were both young things. But she killed his wife out of jealousy, which <laughs> was a fucking bold confession, it's got to be said. Um, <laughs> She's just a fucking absolute fucking assassin. <laughs> totally. <laughs> Papa Stylesovich speaks to Josh about why her and Harry can't get together. Um, Seems to concoct a plan where to help. Uh, he sends her off to get the bit of the dress that Big Teeth gave her. Alki Santa, though, catches her under the floorboards and realises that she's the one that's stealing the treasure. Uh, and then they fight, but she knocks them through a hole in the floor. Yep. Uh, she gets all decked up in the black dress, goes to meet Stylesovich in the wood. He thinks it's Rachel Rich, I think. Um, then there's a fucking random uh, storyline <laughs> with the boy who I think is maybe just Stoney's brother. 
mm-hmm. makes a, a, a loaf of bread out of shit because the witch tells him this is a love potion and he tries to give it a big teeth because even more unbelievably he wants to pump her. <laughs> but straight away big Gerard Depper don't challenges him. He's like, that's shit. <laughs> it smells of shit. Looks like shit. It's got shit in it. <laughs> and then there's a fucking revolting bit where he tries to eat it to prove that it's yeah. not shit but because it's shit <laughs> it doesn't end well for him <laughs> oh so how did he think this plan was gonna go fuck only knows fuck only knows man um oh man Oh, yeah, it's, uh, he basically has to eat his own shit before getting kicked out. Uh, oh, and then that, I did not like this, but this gets him really mad. So he ends up raping the big toothed maid. Mm. But it's oddly comedic. Uh, yeah. I, can, I can get on board making a comedic crats, but I cannot go on board with a comedic rape. It, it's not funny. No. Do you know what I mean? Your man Taika Waititi could maybe pull it off. He did a fairly <laughs> funny Hitler in that film with a wee guy. Told you the rabbit, yeah. But, you know, I mean, there's just some things you shouldn't be laughing at. And rape is probably at the top that of that. I would imagine, of all the things, that's probably the very top of the list. Joss finally kisses Harry Stylesovich because none of this cake, shit cake eating rape <laughs> thing has anything to do with fucking eh? To be quite truthful. Rape thing. Uh, so she finally kisses him yep. and then just walks off total mindfuck typical fucking woman <laughs> um, Harry Stelzovich races off to speak to Snowcrat one last time before it melts um, and it tells him that him and the other women are in love the other woman being Jostonia mm-hmm. but he thinks it was Rachel Rich I think at this point uh, and then he finds the ring to the canal in fucking Venice and the wee puddle of snow that the crat left behind because it used to be war. It used to be war, Baz. Oh. <laughs> could have really done me out, snow crat. <laughs> snow crat. Elsewhere, Rachel Rich finally falls off the roof on her fucking 18th attempt. Um, <laughs> Harry Stylesovich is riding his cart towards Jostonia. <sighs> Danny making my mind up if he's going after her because he's now realised oh I'm actually in love with Jostonia or if he's actually just trying to get by to get in the White House and the it. movie doesn't really go out his way to yeah to clarify either. that yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Um, but then retarded Santa pops up and kills him because Snowcrat is now melted therefore it's gone yeah. so it's now time to pay the fucking piper as it were <laughs> Uh, <laughs> old Papa Stelzovich is beside himself with grief um, he tells his crap that they're a curse on humanity mm-hmm. uh, that he doesn't have a soul and all that and then fucking retarded Santa starts rabbiting on him again him soon the film wraps up the mental at this point as crazy as that says we Josh Stonia walks out of the river, weird underwater kissing scene, demented toothless old couple find fucking gold in the river, 
which they believe is this buried rack treasure. Mm-hmm. Uh, toothless male fishes Joss Stoney out the river, gives her some kind of fucking gold for a dowry as she's lying there. I'm not sure if she's actually supposed to be dead at this point. She does speak. Yeah. But that's not to say she's not actually meant to be dead here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's it. Once again, yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't. It doesn't there. Yeah, yeah. I, I, um, I, my, my interpretation is she's dead. Yeah, yeah. I, I kind of took that myself. It has yeah. to be said. And normally, I'm not one for a while. No, but she spoke, Duncan. She yeah. can't be dead. She's talking. Yeah, but, but no, so I, was a I, snowman. Like, yeah, <laughs> the yeah, movie with the talking snowman. Um, yes, yeah. is a. Okay, that's November, man. Yeah. That's a weird, crazy movie. Yeah. Yeah. It is quite cool all the same. It has yes, buzz fucking yes, man. It is great. I will say, I have one fairly serious criticism of it. I do think it is overly long. Oh, God, yes. Like, it's yeah. a very long movie and it doesn't need to be. You could have pulled this down to a nice compact Dude, 85 minutes or something. Robert Eggert's you know I mean? movie, The Witch, is an hour and a half long. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that, yeah. like, like goes through all the pagan stuff and all like sets things that deliberately carries its pace and reveals the story, and does it pretty fucking concise. This movie yeah. here is like it, like almost basks, and it does, and, and I think that's a bit of a shame because it's not an easy film to watch. No, you really have to either be in a particular mood or have that ability to just sit back and go right go for it this is obviously nuts just go for it right throwing in the length that this is on top of that it's an additional kick in the nuts that we don't need (laughs) to be quite honest that being said there is something kind of cool about the film i I don't really know what it is um I didn't love this film by any means. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I do think I may revisit it, but it, it'll probably be years down the line. Yeah, I'm going to fucking watch that thing again. That was mental. Do you know what I mean? Um, but there is just something off the wall. But it's kind of interesting as mm. well. Yeah. Um, and I've written here. It's like a weird mix of. Romeo and Juliet and Hagazusa. Yes. Oh, yeah. You get that, yeah? Mm-hmm. Um, the sound, the cinematography, all of that is top-notch, man. Yeah. Real, really, really good. And I've written, the, the last thing I wrote was, as was the decision to use puppetry for the crats. And yeah. I'll go back to that. Well, I was reading about that earlier on, and I do it. Nobody uses puppetry anymore for valid fucking reasons. Yeah. But... Had he done anything else, I think the crats would have annoyed me far more. The yep. fact that they're a bit dorky and funny and you can't help but laugh at them, even though they're quite tragic, yeah. is all they want to do is work. It's their sole reason for existence. Yeah. Which is kind of sad because they're given this human... I mean, they don't look like people, obviously, but they appear to have arms and legs and yeah. a head and stuff like that. You know, they have kind of human-esque features. 
but they are just pack animals essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's something kind of weird and sad, but still funny about them. Yeah, and that the puppetry just plays into that so well. Yeah, and that really makes it for me. Um, because, like I say, I think if, if they just CGI'd them up, I'd be like, what the fuck is uh, yeah, that? Yeah, it just wouldn't work. Wouldn't you know work. what I mean? It just wouldn't work at all. Um, yeah, just a weird, bizarre <laughs> movie, but kind of enjoyed it. Yeah, I mean, this, <laughs> you know this movie, I mean? like, according to IMDb, this movie was made for under one and a half million euro. Okay, yeah, That's yeah. a tiny, tiny budget. Yeah. And this movie packs in a lot I mean, mm-hmm. it's a lot. It's a lot of style. It's a lot of. It's a lot of visuals. It's a lot of imagination, and to, to kind of craft all that together on a budget like this, which will include paying actors, you know, like the general stuff, you know, like, like editing it down and all the rest. Uh-huh. It just kind of blows my mind. The cinematography in this movie is absolutely mind blowing. It, yeah, it, yeah. it, it exists somewhere between kind of the the cinematography you would get in kind of early Lynch like around like a Razorhead uh, time meets like the kind of German e- e- expressionism stuff from like the cabinet of Dr. Caligari or even Nosferatu um, or even like because um, uh, it recently got a 4K uh, transfer um, Vampire, the the Carol Dreher movie from Denmark um, which is like it's, like it's a movie that is hauntingly beautiful um, uh-huh. it's like like, kind of like maybe very late 20s early 30s it's just like unbelievably hauntingly beautiful but it, it basically it's all texture light and shade and, and atmosphere and that yeah, movie in that extent actually reminded me visually a little bit of Let the Right One In yes yes I was um, even going to say a little bit of I'd also and I'm not just plucking like black and white movies but you can see the influence on something like a girl walks home alone at night as well yeah 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 uh-huh yeah i would agree with that yeah it's it's really 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 well done it's an incredibly quirky movie though i mean and that's just yeah and it it does come down to we watch movies like what i've said before like i think if you're in japan and you watched a movie like the grudge or you watch ringu you've grown up with those stories of the ghosts with the girls with long black hair so that's maybe not as jarring and or as scary as it is to a western audience who saw that and was just like what the fuck is going on here uh, it's just so uh, off the wall i imagine like a movie like this plays in estonia and everyone gets all the references and gets all the parts to yeah. us it's just incredibly weird because that's just not part of our it's, it's not the way stories yeah, kind of yeah, it's yeah, not yeah, the way exactly. stories are handed down which is kind of the stuff that i'm it's kind of the reason that I, like if we're going to do folk horror i wanted to do folk horror from around the world because then you yeah, get a absolutely. Lot of taste those stories like everywhere like when we jump back to they're all a little different exactly when we jump to blood and satan's claw it's a very traditional kind of it's a very traditional story that like when we when we discuss it it's still a little bit off the wall but you you know you're going to be able i don't imagine much in the way of it's going to be like and then they do this really weird thing it's all going to be kind of grounded there so no listen the fact that you're not like falling out with me here is a great thing because I genuinely <laughs> I, I, honestly for like I'd, I, I'd said to I said to my wife yesterday when we had originally scheduled to record this and I was like that there's a good chance he's just going to shout at me and just tell me he doesn't want to do this again because um, it is one of those like, you, it, November is and you think you've touched on it 
a remarkably difficult movie to recommend. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, it's definitely not for everyone. No. And I, I'm it's trying to think of the movie which everyone. someone would say to you, oh, I watched this movie and your follow-up sentence would be, oh, if you like that, you should watch November. It's very, very difficult. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, totally. It's, it's, there's yeah, no yeah. easy inroad. So that uh, brings me with no easy inroad, Baz, to the, the ultimate question <laughs> here. Uh, you know, one is hated it, two is didn't like it, three is liked it, four is really liked it, and five is loved it. What pre-tell grade are you giving November? Um, Always debate, ladies and gents. It's a hard one. Um, I think I'm going to give it a three and a half. Nice. I like the film. Yep. So it's, it's definitely a three. I'm, I'm chucking an extra little half point on there, I think, for bravery because to it's like you say to make a film like that you're not doing that to pack out cinemas do you know no. what I mean because a lot of people are going to watch that film and go ah oh, that was shit yeah. do you know what I mean yeah. Um, so yeah big big balls on the guy yeah three and a half I'm quite yeah. happy you're not getting handed the, the keys to a Marvel movie at the end of this yeah exactly you know I mean? <laughs> yeah that's exactly. not um, I'm coming in like a whole point higher than you. This is a four point five for me. Um, I I think it's I think it's like I say I'm I'm kind of I'm the, the audience for a movie like this. I think it does so much right. Um, and he is a director really hasn't done much since. I believe he's got a movie right. in pre-production at the moment, but he went off and did some documentaries. So I'm kind of I'm kind of interested to see where the next one goes. I believe his next movie is a Cold War era sort of style Soviet movie. So, and I will check the fuck out of that movie. Yeah, That's that might be quite cool. 100% in for me. Uh, so there you go, ladies and gents. A 3.5 from the Bass, 4.5 for me. That was November. We we're going to take a very short break just now. When we return, we're coming back with our feature movie review of this series. Of course, it is Phantasm 2 from 1988. The Baz is curating the beats. So sit back, enjoy them. We will be right back to discuss that movie and we'll be doing it right after this. disordered mind, a phantom, a spirit, a ghost. 
for 10 years, the secret of Perigord Cemetery has remained a mystery. Now, three innocent people are about to discover the ultimate evil. You think that when you die, you go to heaven? <laughs> you come to us. Summer, the ball is back. Phantasm 2. It's only a dream. It's a dream. No, it's not. Rated R. And welcome back, ladies and gents. You've just heard the trailer for Phantasm 2. This movie came nine years after the original. This is 1988. Uh, the movie was written and directed by Phantasm's very own Don Coscarelli. And the movie itself sees James Lagrosse take up the role of Mike. Uh, Reggie Bannister is returning as Reggie. Angus Scrim returns as the tall man. And then we have a group of other people. Uh, we have Paula Irvin, Samantha Phillips, Kenneth Tigar, um, Rusi Engel, Mark Major, Ruben Kushner, um, and some other folks in here as well. The synopsis for Phantasm 2 is Mike, now released from a psychiatric hospital, meets with Reggie, Reggie and discovers his dreams, and in brackets here, the events of the original film, just to once again to compound that the first movie was a dream, um, are real. But actually, Baz, Flipping it and reversing it. They did happen, which means you'll love the original now, because all that happened. Uh, and they both journey to find and stop the evil tall man from his, the way they've described it here, grim work. Um, okay then, grim work, yeah. Why not? <laughs> kind of feels like they ran out of effort at the end of that synopsis. Um, uh, so what does he do for a living? Oh, he digs up bodies and converts them into Jawas. That's a bit grim. Um, so, <laughs> uh, let me give you let me give you a little something here, right? Okay. Just a little something before we kick off here. So this one is Universal back in this one. So big studio, right? Big yeah, fucking yeah. studio. Um, and a couple of couple of a couple of bits of trivia that might blow your mind. Um, this won't blow your mind. This was the lowest budgeted film Universal produced in the eighties. So, while Universal got it, they didn't want to spend a lot of money on it. However, that being said, the film's budget was $3 million, which was 10 times larger than the budget Phantasm had. Um, and is also the most expensive one in the entire series. Once again, just underlining that things are going to, they're, they're going to go downhill. Um, this is the pinnacle, is it? This is the pinnacle. Next is the pit. Um... Brad Pitt auditioned for the role of Mike. All right. In an alternate universe, Phantasm 2 has Brad Pitt in it in an early, early fucking role. In that universe, Brad Pitt does fuck all else. Uh, which is kind, of what, <laughs> kind of what happened to this actor. Um, yeah. Uh, this one is literally set 
right after the events of the first one, even though a decade has passed, Baz, uh, which means, by God, do we have to use some hair dye. But we're going to get into that. We're going to get into that. Like, hair dye and makeup to open this up. Um, Baz, as you remember, at the end of the previous movie, uh, we had both come to the happy conclusion that everything we'd seen was a dream. Mm-hmm. You got on board with it. You were happy. You understood. Stop sighing. <laughs> Stop sighing. Right? You were happy about it. And you were just like, Duncan, you know, as much as I appreciate this, part of me also kind of wants to think that it wasn't a dream. So it's almost as if Don Coscarelli heard you and was like that. What happens if it wasn't a dream? And what happens if the story continued beyond this point? It wasn't a little self-contained nightmare about grief, which makes the first movie incredible. And this is where it leads us. It leads us to Phantasm 2, a movie that came out the year after The Evil Dead 2. And I imagine was the reason that Universal wanted this movie out. Um, All right, Baz, the floor is yours. I'm genuinely, genuinely, genuinely curious. (laughs) What did you make of Phantasm 2? Uh, <laughs> you've got the whole and this, uh, is only, this will only be for people in Scotland of a certain age but you've got that whole kind of reverend I am jolly thing going on hello <laughs> hello <laughs> that's the house going so, um, <laughs> so yeah it, it, it straight away it does the, the evil dead 2 thing and so it opens up with this blonde chick uh, waking up and checking that the cooker's off mm-hmm. um, and we find out later on in the film she's a grandmother and I I think it's almost like it, it's the, the blonde girl and the psychic granny from the first film yep. but rebooted and you know yeah, we'll just forget that they did that but anyway <laughs> starts off with her she gets out of bed to check the cooker's off Uh it's not her yeah, cooker, she should be checking, Baz. Yeah, a bit of a monologue. Um, what are you talking about? Like a breast for lumps or something? What are you talking about? What? <laughs> no, <laughs> look, not... that's not her cooker, she should be checking. I'm like, what is her breast for lumps? No, she's, she's had a premonition of the cooker later. The gas explosion that happens like five minutes into this movie. I know. Right. Just saying, it's not her cooker. I was making a joke. How about dare answer. you joke about this serious fucking movie? <laughs> Get off my show! I'll have no humour in the world of the phantasm bars. I'll have fucking not one joke. I'll have not one jolly. I'll have not one smile. You will sit down and you will worship at its serious feet. We certainly won't. I'll be smiling, <laughs> Duncan. That's great. I can I can deliver that for you. Um. <laughs> We get a bit of a monologue and she explains that she started having visions eight years ago through which she met young Oliver Wrist or she connected with him um, psychically or whatever, him and Reg the nonce. Reg the nonce. Uh, <laughs> we then get flashbacks to the end of the first movie and then I've written here, but this time it continues after the mirror smash. So the first one... Um, we all arrest and Reg and Oz decide they're going on a road trip. Yep. We all is upstairs to pack all the shit, and he sees the tall man in the mirror. And then, boy, 
is it the wall behind them or something? Anyway, the wee Jabba's grabbing from behind. Yeah. yeah. As, as now, we interestingly, Nightmare on Elm Street ripped the ending off, right? Yeah. So. Now, interestingly, you kind of made it out that this these scenes coming up were filmed ten years later. Now, I actually wondered if these were. No, so the, like, all this stuff is uh-huh. definitely one hundred percent. All the flashback stuff is definitely one hundred percent. 1979 the stuff that you see so it's like cut, cut footage basically that wasn't used yeah that's what i yeah. thought the stuff of him in the house running upstairs to find out what the commotion is is 100 percent 1988 all right oh no yes i thought that was i thought maybe that they filmed an extended ending to no. the person that they never used and then used it to introduce the second well, film. You know what I will, you can, I, Don Coscarelli can take credit that he pulled the wool over your eyes. To me, it is blatant that Reggie Bannister is older. Um, that black uh, hair is just a little bit too black because we're using <laughs> a little bit of dye. And then Mike, like he grabs Mike and pulls Mike. That you never see Mike's face; you just see the back of his head, which is the kid wearing a wig. Like, oh, I never picked up. No. So yeah, this, it's right, filmed. Okay. It's filmed. Yeah, nine years later, essentially. All right, fair play. Fair but the play. fact it was seamless for you, I'm just going to say, well done. Yeah, Don Coscarelli. I can go for it. Um, and then I finally came up with a much better nickname. For Reg the Nonce. Yeah, Reg the Nonce is pretty cruel, considering he's going to be the character we're going to be spending the majority of the franchise with. So. Well, we're just, for now on, we're just going to call him the Register. <laughs> As in the Sex Offenders Register. Because it's what he's on. And his name's Reg. <laughs> the Register runs up the stairs and sees one of the Jarrahs. <laughs> Dragging an unconscious Ollie wrist off. He races off to get a shooter. Because he's a man with a very specific set of skills. He opens a cupboard and gets... We can't do this show if you're going to keep going on the register. Oh, that's what he has all the way through my notes now. He opens a cupboard and gets faced bummed by a rabid Jawa. Ends up surrounded by the wee fuckers, but he turns on the gas cooker and runs for it. Somehow he manages to grab up wee Ollie Rist and the two of them escape moments before the house explodes. Mm. Hey, we go back to blonde girl from the start. She's talking about her grandfather dying soon, her vision's becoming true. It then cuts to Roach from Point Break getting released from a psychiatric <laughs> clinic. He's rocking his signature stone surfer demeanour. We're going to call him Joint Break. <laughs> <laughs> so it's funny, you said earlier on there that this actor didn't really go on to do anything. Yeah. Um, obviously, he was in Point Break. He was one of uh, Swayze's crew, mm-hmm. you know, like the, the ones that were the actual uh, bank robbers in it. Yeah. Uh, so he was one of them. And then weirdly... <laughs> I think I mentioned this recently. You, I started rewatching Justified. Yeah. Oh, he's, uh, he's got a huge career in TV. He's done a yeah, shitload in TV. He's in that, and it was when my wife and I are watching Justified, and I kept going, I know him, yeah, from something, <laughs> and it was Point because obviously Point Breaks one of my favourite films, mm-hmm. and um, it was that I recognised him from that, and then I clocked him the minute he popped up in this. 
Yeah. And this film is called Joint Break. <laughs> and he's because uh, the other actor didn't want to do this. So, What do you mean the other actor? Like the original wee yeah, guy? So the, they asked him to yeah, come back. Yeah, he, he will come back. So they do replace right. this. Yeah, they do replace this guy. But at the moment, this is who you've got. Well, as soon as he's released from the psychiatric facility, he is straight down the local cemetery for a wee spot of grave desecration. <laughs> he's been locked up for a while, Baz. He's missed it. Well, the fucking the register, he pops up looking all silver foxy and weirdly less like a paedophile. And like he's been like in the graveyard every night just in case Mike just shows up just in case he turns he's like, up he's yeah. like, he's like yeah, I knew I'd find you here eventually joint break tells him that all the graves are empty mm-hmm. um, and then I've written here which is weird since the film, first film was all a fucking dream allegedly um, <laughs> this is one of the joint... reasons I don't like this movie right <laughs> uh, and does a lot which... of hard work yeah, and also, but it is quite reminiscent of Evil Dead 2 because 100%. Evil Dead 2 just did what it well, wanted. And... Yeah, but Evil Dead 2 exists in a world where Evil Dead 1 exists. So it's not, yeah. a, re- it's not a remake. It's like, it's categorised as a remake, but it really isn't. It's just Sam yeah. Raimi's like, no, it's, I really like this, I just want to do it again. So that's yeah. kind of what's happening here. It's like Don, Cos- Don Coscarelli's like that. Although, like, he will try and tie it in and he does try and build a mythology around it, which takes credit whether you like it or not. Is, is part of, I think that's the bit that Phantasm fans cling to, is the kind of the weird arching stories that all look back in on themselves. But right. to me, it's like that. No, no, you crafted the perfect dream horror movie, and then in the first five minutes of the next movie, you're like that. Eh, it wasn't a dream. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> what are we doing here? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Don. I'm like, I've just, I've like, it's almost as if Don doesn't understand that me and Baz had a 45 minute conversation where I nailed him down on this topic, <laughs> only for you going fuck it in the ass in the first five minutes in the next movie. You're making me look like a fool, Don. <laughs> You've just made me look like a cunt, Don. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Oh, man. Yeah, so he's, he's digging graves. There's no yeah, one. There's no graves. He also seems to have a kind of psychic connection to this blonde girl, yes. which we'll find out a bit later. Um, we yada yada through a lot of this at the beginning, by the way. Yeah, yeah no fucking wonder. <laughs> Uh, the register drives joint break back to the house that we saw explode at the start. Joint back to get his daughter and his wife. and Yeah, God knows where they came from. Um, <laughs> Not played by anyone because who cares? Nope. Joint break has a vision of the tall man and then the house blows up with all the register's family inside. At the Blues Brothers themed funeral, the register vows to... <laughs> 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 I can keep my face straight. <laughs> uh, the register vows to help him take down the tall man. Yeah. And then they they proceed to drive around in a muscle car looking for the tall man. Yeah. Got to say, not much of a plan. <laughs> yeah. It, like, literally, like I said before, this movie, uh, it was against its credit to an extent. Uh, the same yeah. way, like we mentioned, like Evil Dead 2, let's just get Ash to the cabin. In the case of this one, it's like, let's get Reggie and Mike 
out in a car hunting the yeah. tall man. Let's let's yada yada through. Right, it wasn't he a dream? It was actually real. He's at the psych ward. He's digging up graves. Let's go meet the family. Family's all dead. Now we've got a vendetta out in the road. Do you know what we need now? What do we need, Baz? A flamethrower. <laughs> the pair break into a hardware store and go on a supermarket sweep-esque shopping spree mm-hmm. where they collect a huge amount of oddly useless tools before <laughs> settling on the gun cabinet. Why not just head there? Did you really need a bill hook? when there's a fucking gun cabinet. <laughs> and what was all the red and yellow paint for, joint break? What did, are you just drinking that? Are you just like huffing paint? You fucking stoner prick. <laughs> oh, God. Joint break also selects a chainsaw, apparently for close combat. Oh, dear. Um... And they, 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 oh fuck. Do it. They then get, you know you they, want they to do it. Angle grinders and the acetylene torches that are handily lying around. And yep. they A-team some shit. Including a quadruple barreled shotgun. Which is his weapon. So that this is Reggie's weapon moving door. forward yeah. is the quadruple barrel shotgun. It's his weapon. It's his equivalent of Ashy's boomstick. Yeah, but you can't we- just tape two guns together so wait one second so what we're saying here is when he arms himself he gets a chainsaw like Ash does in Evil Dead and he has a shotgun like Ash does in (laughs) Evil Dead no I never actually picked up on that it's literally a year after it it is literally a year after it (sighs) (laughs) then before they leave the register drops a wad of cash into the till like an affluent boss. They're not they're not thieves, Baz. No, no, they're good guys. Good guys. They've just like made a mess. They follow a trail of ravaged, desolate ghost towns left behind by the tall man. Yeah. This is middle America. This is what this is what Trump is on about all the time. This is middle forgotten America. This is the Rust Belt. This is the Rust Belt. You've got to wonder though how it didn't even make the fucking local news. Do you know what I mean? They just don't care, man. Did Clinton go and campaign in those Rust Belt times? No. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah, if Big Bill thought there was a chance of a fucking handy G, he, 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 thought, he, thought, he thought a Rust Belt was something else. <laughs> That's right, my friend. <laughs> um... <laughs> They come across a ransacked graveyard. They got tooled up and head into the funeral home to investigate. Mm. Not before the register puts on his jaunty boogie down baseball cap. Well, he's kind of he does it like the, before he did have a couple of wisps of hair up there. Is now a full on skullet. Do you know I don't fucking mind that, but like who who in the history of mankind has gone in and seen a hat and gone like. I'll take the one we boogie down on it, please. <laughs> you know what I mean? Fucking sex offender. Um, and I've just written here this female body inspector t-shirt must have been at the fucking dry cleaners or something. You know what I mean? <laughs> I 
kicked their way through the plywood front door. <laughs> he found the interior done up like Pinhead's summer house. Joint break, head straight to the mortuary where he discovers a female cadaver uh, with an immaculately coiffured bush. I mean, it's pretty incredible. Yes, and after six years in a fucking mental institution, it is stunning that Joint Break didn't immediately rape <laughs> this corpse, despite its oddly alluring grey nipples. <laughs> Turns his back. It's gone. Should have fucked it when he had the chance. (laughs) 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 Oh, Jesus. In the cavernous basement, they come across the wee blonde chick at the start, but she's got the tall man living in her back like a fucked up tequila worm. It tells a fucking joint break to come east or some pish like that. Come east The register throws a comedic look of horror at this point. It's got to be said like it's that. Can I sharpen it and then he lights that bitch up? Mm-hmm. It's not actually to be blonde check. It's just some kind of illusion. Then they head to a town called Perigord for no apparent reason. Um, blonde Liz and her grandmother there attending the family funeral. Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry. Um, the funeral homes operated by these twins that look like they lived in Twin Peaks. <laughs> and the priest looks a bit of a fucking wrong as well, actually, yeah. it has to be said. Although I think he's trying to finger the grandmother. Um whilst wandering about in the mausoleum, Liz spots one of the Javas, so she sends out a wee psychic distress call to joint break. Yep. Uh, sorry, I'm, I think I've lost my fucking place again. No, I haven't. Back at the funeral, the priest, uh, he looks kind of riddled with guilt, presumably over his desire to finger-bang grandma. <laughs> So he tries to suppress his libido with hard liquor. We've all been there, Buzz. And then he tells Jesus that he must stop the evil that he has seen. This, but I thought actually, I was, I was kind of hoping he was going to teabag the dead grandpa. <laughs> Just the way he's kind of hovering over his head as he's lying in the open casket, but instead he stabs him instead. And the granny witnesses this and she faints, so at any chance I get knuckled deep in her is just gone, gone. at this point. Gone, it's just gone. vanished. Um, Liz comes across an old coffin, it's got smoke billowing out. It's a, uh, which is probably just fucking joint break on the old Satan <laughs> salad. Do you know what I mean? Uh, she needs to arm herself, but thankfully she's got a prison shank that she's wearing as a fucking lapel pin. <laughs> Tall man turns up, tells her to fucking pack it in, and she accidentally catches him with a prison shank. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he erotically licks the mango puree off the end of it. Later that night, Bishop Boozehound is rattling the old sour mash. <laughs> 
he hears something outside the door, <laughs> thinks it's the wind, turns out to be the resurrected grandpa, his lips are all fucking sewn shut. And you know, when I saw that, it was the first bit I can remember thinking, you know, I can see that having frightened me back in the day. Mm. Like, you know, all Baz V horror and all that aside, I think if I had seen that, yeah. You know, when he opens the wee spy hole bit and he's there with the lips sewn shut and that, that was quite cool, actually. Doesn't stand up brilliantly nowadays, but I can see it hitting the nail on the head previously. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, aye, right, and then I'm not sure what happens to the priest at this point, but the next thing, Deed Grandpa turns up in Grandma's bed. Eh... Uh, the register picks up a hitchhiker. <laughs> she's called Alchemy. Alchemy. Oh, yeah. She just likes crystals and big cocks. <laughs> that's what she is just... That's all she is about. Um, <laughs> it's a joint, more later on, which is... Oh. The joint break, he is a dream that reveals that she was actually the dead body with a good bush there later on. Mm-hmm. Um, or grey nips, as I go on to call her. Grey nips. Grey nips. Joint bush in the register of a very awkward conversation with her cocks out about <laughs> JB's dream. Uh, they're literally, they go for a piss, right, sit in the bushes, side by side, and then just talk it out. Yeah. While they're holding their cocks. It's weird. It is very fucking weird. Um, and it's not lost on me that uh, the register is saying things like it gets hard on the road while he's holding his own cock. <laughs> Too obvious there. Too obvious register. He's <laughs> uh, moaning about how long it's been since he had a woman and all that. Um, because I think joint break wants the girl to go. Yeah, well, yeah, he's, he has dreamed of her death, so if they're together, she will die, yeah. is what he thinks. The register don't give a fuck. He's just fucking dick blind. <laughs> uh, and he just wants things to get real fucking sticky. It turns out she's heading for Pedagord anyway, so... <laughs> All his chips are coming in. Uh Liz discovers that her granny's missing, but her shank is stuck in the bedside table with some mango puree. Tall man says he's coming to get her. Yeah. Uh, the doobie gang arrive in Perigord. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's a ghost town. So they head to Greynip's uncle's bed and breakfast to get a wee bed for the night. Eh... Uh, Liz arrives at her grandpa's grave, it's empty. She's mysteriously drawn to the funeral home. Back in Perigord, the bed and breakfast is all boarded up, but the register whips out his buzzsaw and a stunning display of phallic symbology, it's got to be said. <laughs> uh, gets inside, sets up a wee booby trap with a hand grenade and another with a shotgun. Yep. And then they leave Grey Nips to go and look for the tall man. Inexplicably, she is getting wet for the bald. Uh, she does appear to actually be sexually attracted to the register. She likes older men. 
It's fucking baffling. I'm an older man, but you don't have to look like fucking Max Wall. Do you know what I mean? At funeral home, Liz sees the ghoul twins embalming bodies. In the mausoleum, Reverend Rum and Coke opens a tiny coffin. <laughs> See when you hear the next one, imagine what I look like then. <laughs> he opens a tiny coffin and pricks his finger in something. No idea what that was about. Uh, it does appear to be relevant though. Uh, oh, sorry. Excuse me, it's very late at night and I'm in my third beer. <laughs> it actually appears as relevant as the fucking porch guitar jam in the first movie. <laughs> I um, hate that guitar jam. He just swaggers out, fucking blessing shit left, right, and centre. <laughs> uh, and then, but then the tall man turns up and hangs him with his own crucifix. Yep. Doesn't kill him though. Uh, it turns out the wee coffin was full of the wee mad silver boys. Yep. Cardinal Creme de Menth finds Liz. <laughs> 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 Tells her the tall man's trying to harvest the town. But then a wee silver ball appears oh, and it pops out a wee spin blade and cuts his ear off. Yeah. And then another one appears and delivers the classic forehead drill manoeuvre. Uh, Interesting this because this is after the MPAA started imposing a lot stricter regulations. And in the first movie, you get a tsunami of blood that comes out that. Yes. And in this one, you don't really actually. If anything, you, you see very little it, penetration it's, and it's the after effect. Weird. Yeah. It's weird because it's like they filmed the scene once with no blood. Yeah. And filmed the scene a second time with a similar amount of blood to the first movie and then spliced them all together. I I think uh, I think this is just has been edited out. That's what I think. I think the likelihood right. is like because we see later on an effect against the tall man, which gives you the full-on, like, tsunami. Yes. Right, so I... I but that's think, not blood, though. Well, this is how the Evil Dead got round it. So Evil Dead 2 got round the huge amounts of blood in that movie because the blood was all different colours. Right. So when the blood comes out of the wall and it's spraying ash, it's black, purple, blue, you know, it's everything except red. Um, oh, even right. when Ash cuts his hand... It's, you know, it's red, but it's, it's a minimal amount of red spray, and I think that's how they get around it. I think back then, if it could be perceived as being not actual blood, which it isn't anyway, regardless, it's fucking yeah. great, but that they would let off for it, and I think that's what you get here. Because it's, it's clear to me that this scene feels, like, not right. It's, it's not been edited in a way which makes me feel satisfied with it, especially when you see how much blood's there at the end because we've done that effect before and if we're we're now better tech better special effects yeah that scene should be fucking huge and it's surprisingly muted yeah yeah that's true um Liz gets chased by her grandma who's now one of the fucking jabs yeah um uh, but she fucks on the face with her bars and that's the end of that yeah bye grandma um runs it into the graveyard for she rather predictably falls into an open grave but lo and behold, we joint break is in the same grave, and then they just 
get straight to the tongue until the register comes along and cock blocks them. <laughs> um, they all head back to the bed and breakfast then for some serious finger banging. I mean, it literally is we're all going back to Shag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. Oh, it brought back memories. <laughs> oh, the glory days. Uh, register gets a lot luckier than Joint Break does because mm-hmm. uh, Grey Nips is inexplicably turned on by his bald head. Yeah. Uh, and then she just fucking rides him like sea biscuit. Like, like pins him down a little yeah. bit of a strangle fuck and it's, yeah. it's, it's hot. It's weird and then it gets all rodeo sex. Yeah. Um, but then they're disturbed by a noise because apparently the grenade went off. The register reckons a cat triggered it. And then uh, Joint Break has a crisis of confidence because he's dick blind now as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, tall man abducts Liz from her bedroom. So Joint Break and the register get tooled up. Go looking for her. They leave grey nips behind just soaking wet for the waist down, I would imagine. <laughs> um, no use to anyone. No. Uh, they conduct a running gun battle with the tall man's hearse until uh, are using registers a uh, ridiculous quad barrel shotgun. Quad barrel shotgun, Baz. Then they get run off the road. Yeah. Nice. Uh, joint break is thrown clear, but the register's stuck in the car. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> I am running out of fucking energy here. Crash and hard, donkey boy. I mean... We'll start to talk about the most exciting parts of this movie. That'll pick you back up. This is why you're supposed to pay me in cocaine. <laughs> I don't um, know if you know about this, but the, the inflation right now is a motherfucker. So I'll see what can do yeah, for the next What's the, the, the one area commerce unaffected? Drugs. Um, <laughs> <laughs> right, no more Scarface for you. Right? No. Let's, <laughs> right. <laughs> Um, with, oh, so he's trapped in the car. There's a fuel leak. Oh, there's an open flame. He joint break, cuts him loose in the nick of time. Uh, they're outside the funeral home where the ghoul twins are trying to cremate Liz. Mm-hmm. Uh, the register drills out the door lock, gets made of fucking butter, or maybe polystyrene or something. <laughs> um, there's a weird bit. About one of the ghoul twins, they've got like wee trays of ashes. Yeah. But they're breaking something into it. Is it like bones or something? I think so, yeah. I don't know what this is. I kind of thought maybe it looked like they were faking because they were, um, you know, because they were using mm. the bodies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it turned them into the Jawas that this was fake ash to try and cover up what they were doing or something. Hmm. I don't know, I'm maybe giving them too much. No, I think you may, you may be right because, well, they are, it's like if you're, I mean, it looks very suspicious as we saw in the previous time where all the graves are just empty. So, like, yeah. fake stuff then, eh, maybe that passes. And, and, and then in a, a massive two fingers, they send it to Sam Raimi. They do? Which is weird, but anyway. It's, yeah, once again, why is Sam Raimi here? <laughs> he, made, uh, he, made a, he made a superior version of this the year before <laughs> so. Reg mixes hydrochloric acid into the embalming fluid 
Um, there's a weird kind of lock that Joint Break immediately assumes is a lock to a door into the tall man's dimension. Yep. Which, uh, good job, he's some kind of fucking expert on this. I've written here, turns out the cunt's Doctor Who. <laughs> Um, Liz manages to fight off one of the ghoul twins and throws him into the incinerator instead of hers. She gets attacked by a floating silver ball, but Joint Break saves her. Mm-hmm. Um, it gets Ghoul 2 instead, pinning his hand to a door. Uh, and in order to escape the second, when he has to cut his hand off with an axe. Uh, the register ends up fighting one of the gas mask wearing grave robin goons. Yep. Uh, they have a good old fashioned chainsaw fight. Look how angry you are right now. I was never a fan of the chainsaw fight and dunk. It was just too flashy. <laughs> too flashy. <laughs> if, uh, what about if, an electric carving knife? If you could have a. Or is that still if, uh, too much? I would, I would even use them to carve my meat, Dunk. Um, if uh, if MME is the modern knife fighting, then WWE is chainsaw fighting. <laughs> it's, uh, He's like legitimately pulled an amazing and com- bastard substance stunt. Amazing references here. When I know for a fact that you hate two of the things you just said there. Yeah, totally. Love totally it. love it. Um, oh, I'm running out of fucking desire to even talk about this now. Uh, Doesn't have long left. Doesn't have joint long left. Joint breaking Liz flee from the boys. But they get trapped in the coffin showroom with Gould too. Uh, a silver ball gets in, but it takes out Gould too. Mm-hmm. It's not a bad kill, although it's a bit over the top. Uh, it's immediately followed by a ridiculous chainsaw fight. Uh, which ends up in there just <laughs> chainsawing one of them in the boys. Uh, and then four Jabbers turn up and lo and behold, he takes them all out with one shot from his quad barrel fucking shotgun. It's four shots, Buzz. One barrel per Jawa. Four shots, Buzz. Um, all three of them then kind of hook up. Yep. Uh, they decide that what they need right now is a silver ball and an impaled hand. And the register then carries that about like it's a fucking unexploded bomb. Yeah. Um, they use it to unlock this door thing from earlier. Oh, here we go again. It's a big white room full of the wee barrels with the Javas in it. Bringing it it's back. Also got, also Bringing got it back one of the portals. Yeah. So it wasn't a dream. It was real. The register's just about ready to fucking torch it. The tall man appears. Uh, he throws them through the portal, but the register holds on with his feet, which is fucking problematic. And <laughs> saves joint break. Um, tall man's ready to pump Liz full of the manga <laughs> fury, if you know what I'm saying. Uh, joint break hits him with a wee silver ball drills into his head and he pulls it off and crushes it and then the fucking shit jumps the shark or whatever the fucking term is 
So he's got a hole in his head. A bit, I mean, this is all written like, like normally, like paragraphs, and yeah. it's just line, 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 line. Here we go. Rolls into his head and he pulls it off and crushes it. A worm thing comes out the hole. JB throws it to fuck. <laughs> Liz, Liz hits him with a embalming needle, pumps him full of mango puree. He basically dissolves. Reg torches the place. Grey nips rocks up in a hair she hot wired. <laughs> <laughs> and they all drive off into the sunset. And just as things are about to get real fucking icky sticky, Grey nips just reaches up casually and just pulls half her fucking scalp off and laughs maniacally. Car swerves across the road and stops. Reg appears outside the window. Mm-hmm. The car speeds off. Joint breaks, telling Liz it's just a dream. That's not your fucking default get out of jail free card, by the way, joint break. You can't yeah. just keep saying it's all a dream. Uh, and then the tall man appears and says it's not, and they're pulled through the back window of the car, much like the first film. Yeah, yeah, but it's like an inverse this time. So Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. So the inverse is, like, he didn't believe that everything that happened in the first movie was a dream he thought was real life and now he's so scared by the end of the second movie that he's actually wishing it was a dream is he yeah. is he not a good ending um i don't i don't like him yeah i don't like it <laughs> so. so that's phantasm 2 race straight through that and i can see the relief on your face right now baz <laughs> um final thoughts final thoughts on phantasm 2 um it's oh god just a film that didn't really need made but it's clearly been I think time wise obviously this was early kind of video nasty you know there was that big explosion in kind of horror movies slashers coming out yeah prequels of the way to fucking go oh wait a minute we did that one with the stupid Russ Abbott looking cunt in the silver boys before yeah. why don't we make another one of them it's like you're Anybody literally right because yeah. the, the, the 80s are awash with movies which are unlikely sequels to original. In fact, we're actually we're back in that now. Where you know what in I mean? Like way? in this time frame now, we are now getting movie sequels to movies that probably like the, the the biggest, the highest grossing movie this year is a sequel to a movie from the 80s. Oh yeah, of course. Uh, no one asked yeah, for. Yeah. Like no yeah. one had like, but like the Hollywood were like, we're fucking, we're doing it, um, yeah. and so like that, we're back there again. We're getting tons of these kind of sequels, Candyman, a Candyman reboot, requel, whatever yeah. we we'll call it, like that. We're like, we're gonna release it. We're still gonna call it Candyman because fuck it, um, you know, we're not gonna put a number on it or anything. So yeah. we're we're kind of back there again, but in the eighties particularly, like that one of the the most interesting ones is Cycle. So Cycle gets its sequel in what? Oh God, that's right, yeah. Like twenty odd years after the original, and they make it because slasher movies are huge, and they're like, well, I mean, Cycle's the original slasher, so let's do that. Um, And that's that's kind of where you end up. And Phantasm, I'm with you. It kind of feels almost like, right, well what else can we do like the 80s are kind of dying out like let's be honest by 88 horror is like really it's scraping the barrel it's starting to go out of fashion it's starting to go out of favour um, 
let's let's give money at that Coscarelli guy because he made a shitload of money, shitload of money out of next to nothing on Phantasm, and he obviously wanted to do it, and he obviously came up with a script, and yeah. we're, we're kind of off to the races, and to his credit, he, he, he goes for it in this movie. He, he, he tries to expand some stuff out, really goes into the idea that the tall man's an alien, um, you know, like, like tries, to, tries to push that, but... And it's, it's almost like, it's so like evident to me in this one. This one, unlike the first movie to me, is a standalone movie. This movie feels like it's setting up another movie. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, so like, I at the end of this that. one, you're like, so where do we go next? So yeah. like to me, I, 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 I just don't like that. Like, I, um, I'm not against, like, I, I love, there are certain, we, I think we mentioned the previous movie, no, we didn't actually, we mentioned it when we saw the Orphan Kills movie. And I, I said to you, like, I don't particularly like The Strangers, the movie. I, I don't particularly like that. The sequel to it, though, I really fucking liked. And that was a movie that I didn't want to see. I had no fucking interest in seeing. I went to see it and I was like, oh, cool, this is just a dumb slasher movie. Which is kind of what I wanted from The Strangers. So, mm. yeah, that's great. So, I this one is hugely popular amongst horror fans who like that kind of 80s cheese and to be honest, and really enjoy that idea of the phantasm world being a real world. Yeah, and I think that's probably where it kind of works a bit more for me. Yes. Because while it's a kind of dumb film and doesn't make a huge amount of sense, it does that in that very 80s way that a lot of the, you know, the the, the Jason movies for the 80s are a bit dumb. 100%. And, you know, yeah. the... Freddy ones just get dumber and dumber and dumber as it went on kind of yeah. thing. And it has that flavour to it mm. that was kind of missing from the first one. Yeah, yeah, Um And I don't mean the first one should have been done like that. I don't mean that at all. Different era. Those sorts of movies didn't exist when Phantasm yeah. came out. So, yeah, I think this one probably sat easier with me. Which is what I told you it would. Um, so. Yeah, yeah, no, you were, and I, I was, I was very conscious of that watching it. I was like, no, this is playing out exactly as how you'd said, kind of thing. Yeah. Um, the things that bugged me about the first one aren't in this one. Yep. Um, it, it's a million miles away from being a great movie. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> but it's yeah, it, it, it's more acceptably shit. It's probably the term. <laughs> Acceptably shit. Um, yeah, I, like like I say, I've got, there's no, I don't know, there's no ill will to this movie. I just, like, I like to me, the superior movie came out before. And the superior movie worked because it was just so different to anything else of the time. And then this comes out and it just feels so reminiscent of everything of the time like this to me just there's nothing that makes this movie any more remarkable than any other movie around 1986 1987 1988 and 1999 whereas when phantasm come out ain't no movie in america doing that sort of shit and that's kind of mm. what makes it to me like i said before that a little bit something a little bit special um i i, I just don't i just don't get it here and that's kind of 
in some respects, that's a little bit sad. You know what I mean? Like, to me, I'm like, it kind of loses that... It loses a bit of its specialness for me by the time it comes to here. That journey will continue for me. Uh, whereas, chances are... It might, I don't know, maybe... Maybe, like, start to pick up more for you. Like, they, yeah. they do become more conventionally kind of action oriented horror movies from now on, so... That might Have you watched this one a lot? The second one, yeah. Uh-huh. So the second one is... I maybe saw the second one before I saw the first one. I hadn't went beyond uh. the second one until I did that Russian roulette. I'd seen clips from part three, and then when we did the Russian roulette like two years ago, three years ago, um, whatever it was, um, that was the first time I'd properly seen part three. Oh, right. Um, I'd never seen part four before, so that was a first-time watch. That one did not play well for me. And then Ravenger, which was the one that took like ages to come together, I thought was shit. <laughs> so, mm. um, so this is a franchise that, like, every movie that comes out after, I like a little bit less. Um, yeah. In fact, it's not even a little bit less. There's a, there's a mark drop-off for me. Um, between the first one and the second one. So, um, with that in mind, though, we can only go with how we feel right now. And yes. I had been a couple of years since that Russian roulette where I sat down and went through it, two years, I think, um, since I did that. And, you know, on this viewing, uh, I can't remember what I gave it before, but on this viewing, my grade, and I'll just put it there, is a three. I like it. I, I can't go any higher. Phantasm's a five for me. Like, this movie... Yeah. I like it, but it, there's it's, it's dumb. It's dumb and it loses all its specialness and its charm for me. Not a bad movie. It's entertaining enough. Um, but that's about as far as I would go with it. I'm curious to see where you land with this, considering Phantasm did not score well with you at all. No. Uh, where are you coming in on this one, then? Um, two and a half. Two and a half. So we are slowly climbing up. Yeah, uh, I wouldn't go as far as to say I like the film. Yep. Um, but it's like I say, I, I just, I found it more palatable than the first one. Yeah. yeah. Um, for all the reasons I've stated kind of thing, you yep. know. Um, and yeah, it, it, it would happily sit alongside a lot of the other films of the time. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, oh, it definitely does. A hundred percent. Like you could almost like blind watch this movie and like pick the year this movie was made, yeah, and be out by maybe a year or two either side, yeah. like comfortably. Um, as as that way, it wears a lot of that on its sleeves. So, so two and a half for Baz, three for me. That is your review of Phantasm Two. We're gonna take our final break. When we come back, we're closing out the show and we're doing it right after this. You're listening to the podcast Under the Stairs. And you've been listening to the podcast Under the Stairs. This has been Bazoween 2022, episode number two. Myself and the big bad Baz have sat down and we have covered November. And we also, oh, we're at it, did a little phantasm too. Baz, we are two episodes in, and it's noted at the start of this episode, we're doing quite good for time in here. We are, we are, we're two in as well, and I am feeling fine. I'm you feeling are. fine. I'm actually, I'm slightly more hopeful now. Mm-hmm. The way phantasm is gone, I don't think any of them are going to score particularly highly. 
but I think I'll be less annoyed by them as I was. I think you're speaking too soon. Um, okay, fair enough. <laughs> you've got part um, four to live through, and then part five. But uh, and, and I will say, as I did in the last episode, um, I am digging the the folk horror. Uh, set of movies that we're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, the November was a it was an odd odd film, but not one that I hated by any means. Um, so yeah, I, I, I'm enjoying them. That has to be said. Very nice, very nice. We'll see if that continues next week for the the listeners out there. We will, of course, be doing Phantasm Three. That is that's what we're doing. Every one of these episodes has got a Phantasm review. Um, we are travelling to the UK though, and we're tackling one of the big three of folk horror. Um, one of those kind of tentpole titles that defines the kind of folk horror interest in genre. Those three movies being Witchfinder General, The Wicker Man, and the movie we are covering, Baz, Blood on Satan's Claw. Um, I'm very, very interested to hear your thoughts on this one. And like I mentioned before, it has boobies. So, boobies. You're welcome. You're welcome. I did that. Yeah, thank you. For you. Did it for you. (laughs) We could have went a bit more straight-laced. We could have went a bit more straight down the middle. We could have went a bit more field in England. But instead, what I did was I gave you the boobies. You remember that? You remember what I did for you? Uh, ladies and gents, as always uh, on the Baz episodes, we try and cut out all the fifara at the end. That's right, I said fifara. Uh, I cut it out at the end, right? <laughs> Don't look at me like that. Um, we're going to England in the next mo- in the next episode, so uh, I get to use the word fifara and poppycock. Um, so... <laughs> <laughs> Although, like, whenever you say poppycock, you like laugh a little bit because he said cock. Um, yeah. yeah, but that's the yes, yeah, so we're not doing any of that here. Instead, what I will do before Baz brings us out with a song, not his song, uh, but a song he's picked. Uh, Baz, would you like to say goodbye to the listeners, please? Absolutely. I uh, hope you enjoyed the episode, folks. I hope you are enjoying what we're doing this year uh, in terms of the folk horror and in terms of the Phantasm franchise uh, and I will see you sexy motherfuckers next week for part three nice ladies and gents this has been Bazoween episode number two I want to thank everyone out there hopefully you are like Baz says enjoying this season keep along with us you know what the movies are watch along it's always much more fun when you do what we're doing week after week so until we speak to you then wherever you are what the time zone is and whatever you're up to in this big bad world of ours please take care of yourselves out there it's Duncan McLeish broadcasting live from under the stairs and I am signing off
Oh.